0: You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the street.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I'm Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans.
2: Oh yes, wait a minute, Mister Postman.
1: Yeah, man, I'm the
2: mailman. Can't you tell, man? Gonna post what up, Fran, How you doing this weekend, man? Doing pretty good, man. I had to pull out my first uh, tooth the other day. Out of a
3: mouth? Yeah.
1: Oh, Sophia?
3: Yeah.
1: Oh, too, did you yeah. put it on the door and then slam the door? Nah. Oh, okay. Nah, nah. Just did bo- you just lamp in her mouth with your yeah, hands? Just, just, Bare just hand, the thing, and glove?
2: Right I had like a napkin. <laughs>
1: did it take some force or was it nah, like- No, it, it was already It was loose. coming out It was loose, good? but
2: Sophia was like, it took like- Yeah, you got to really- Maybe like 20 it. minutes because she was like, yeah, yeah. okay, let's do it. Yeah. Nah, I don't want to do it. I was like-, yeah. like I, And that was getting annoying. I was like, come on, can you come yeah. on so I can pull this thing out like I can do what got to do? That's
1: fear factor level. A tooth? Pulling the tooth out? Yeah. I haven't experienced that level of hesitancy in my adult life, mm. like that of, oh, the tooth is loose. Yeah, but I don't want to make it do something to do more. Yeah, you know. Then you got old people coming to you, bite an apple. Yeah, how about I take the, the rope and tie it on the, the door? door I yeah. slam the door. It's like, no, get away from me. You know. <laughs> so everybody yeah. comes, all these you know wise people with all these crazy strategies, but they all sound crazy and barbaric to you. Yeah. So I understand that uh, twenty minutes of her kind of being like. Oh man, like maybe it can just stay loose like this for the rest of my no, life. Uh-uh. Like that's I think that's one of the things that goes through your mind. <laughs> yeah. As a kid, Oh, I like, just thought
2: she was just it was just gonna fall out on its own. Yeah, you know, at I some point it will if you let it leave if you leave it in long enough. Yeah, but
1: I think the best case scenario is like you just don't notice and then it's gone. Yeah. But sometimes it's like oh that last little root is hanging on to a vein or whatever's yeah, going yeah, on yeah. in your mouth and dental work. I didn't go to dental school. Yeah. But like whatever's hanging it on, it yeah. take a little bit of oomph. Yeah. Well, her big girl
2: teeth is coming in. It's like it's making space. So I was like, okay, this tooth needs to go, yeah. so I can move into my spot.
1: This is when kids get jacked up. Oh yeah, this me. Looking this phase, hurt. oh yeah, yeah. man, this is me. This phase of my life was crazy. Yeah. She man. got
2: these baby teeth, and then she got the big teeth growing yeah. behind those. Oh, yeah. it looks, it looks mess. Yeah, it's
1: it's it's just it's all it's growing pains, man. Yeah, you know. So you know, uh now what what's crazy to me is that some people their teeth just coming straight. They never need braces. Yeah, I haven't seen yeah, too yeah. many mouths like that. I haven't seen too many kids where it's like. These are all my adult teeth that are yeah. in my mouth right now, and they're all just straight in a line. Yeah, like most kids got a tooth that's snaggle.
2: Yeah, that's how my I got. That's how mine is. But it's like the rest of my teeth are fine. I was like, I don't need. My dad was yeah. like, you don't need. I'm uh, not. need i am not sure. more spending. adjusting. It's just, yeah. yeah. It's not your shit. Is not like Herb. behind each other like yeah, yeah, James Harden's Hor- Hor- yeah. teeth. was yeah. crazy. Oh, it's bottom. Hey, man, Anthony Davis. Yeah, bottom row teeth are crazy.
1: <laughs> I don't just get the if I if I ever yeah. have a kid that's like in the fifth grade and yeah. he's like six foot one. Yeah. I'm gonna invest in them. I'm like, you got a good chance of making it to the league. You know, like you're, you, my my. I'll get a good ROI on this. Yeah. Like right. you'll, my investment will pay <laughs> off in the long run. Yeah. When you got a million dollar smile, and you're gonna be in Gatorade commercials. Yeah, yeah. Anthony Davis did his. I mean, his parents did him a disservice, man. Yeah. Now he's in got milk commercials and stuff, and his teeth are looking crazy. Yeah. Same with James Harden. Now he has to have this crazy huge beard on his face to distract from the fa- the fact <laughs> that it looks like a firecracker went off in his mouth. You know, and and you have to try. He, yeah. Anthony Davis. You see the the uh, the synergy there. Anthony Davis has this crazy unibrow. Yeah, they have to have these distractions. Yeah, because their teeth are crazy. <laughs> so if you give your kid a million dollars, look at LeBron. Yeah, I don't think he ever had. I mean, no. that guy's made in a lab. So I don't yeah. know. Like his teeth just came in perfect,
2: and you know, so everything just it's worked crazy. out
1: for that guy. He won the genetic lottery, it's man. I, I really envy that guy, man. I, I it's crazy to like idolize somebody and also be like, man, fuck you, man. Yeah.
2: His mom shit is like. Saved her eggs or something. Should have froze she the had shit had out something. of those, man. Those are, worth she guys, those are worth,
1: oh I don't need. They're, they're priceless. Yeah. Her eggs. <laughs> her eggs are priceless. Either that or her, the dad. I don't he, he doesn't even fuck with his dad. Yeah.
2: <laughs> something.
1: Yeah. On this the topic of that, not the transition, but man, what a way to, what a way to blow it, huh? <laughs> to choose to be the shitty dad to that kid,
2: LeBron James. Man,
1: because there's a lot of shitty dads out there. Just yeah. like your kid grew up and just works at yeah. Pet Boys and
2: Shaq. Happened to Shaq too.
1: Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> and Shaq's so generous with his money. I mean, he would take care of his dad wow. like it was nothing. I mean, wow. Oh man. Was, hey man, in your kids' lives, man. If for <laughs> nothing, if for nothing else, then just like the off chance that they become like Michael Jordan, Michael B. Jordan, either yeah. like become an actor, some kind of famous something. They, they make something out of themselves. Yeah. But also, you got to think about the fact that that might have been to spite you. Absolutely. So maybe if you stuck around, yeah, yeah, yeah. they'd never be become the that. Yep. So you know, so so there's some, that's something to think about too. Maybe yeah. maybe it was always meant to go that way with LeBron. Isn't
2: that crazy when you think about it that way, though? Yeah,
1: because wow. like if LeBron had a dad in his life, would he be LeBron James? Yeah, maybe he wouldn't be as good. Maybe he still makes the league because he's still six eight and uh, two hundred and sixty five pounds. Yeah, but maybe LeBron James with a dad is six eight, but like a buck ninety because he's like I don't know, I just don't really dedicate my life to this that yeah, much. True. Life's good, and he more is maybe LeBron James becomes more like a Rudy Gay if he has a dad. Yeah, you know. Not to get too deep into sports, but Rudy Gay just like has all the physical attributes of LeBron James as yep. far as like size and, and everything. But he just didn't want it as much. I yep. think that, you know, not to shit on Rudy because he's from Baltimore, but like, I don't think Rudy Gay wanted it as bad as LeBron James. No. maybe Rudy Gay had a dad in his life. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know the correlations. Yeah. I'm just speaking out of my ass, but Maybe he grew in the suburbs, you know. Yeah, you know, no man, you <laughs> know something it's just something about, man, when you got that extra little motivation, yeah, yeah, yeah. it makes you a different beast, man. Yeah. You know? That's true. I don't think Bronny James, LeBron James's kid is going to be. A dominant figure in the NBA. I think he the child never. never No, but not even just because it's a child. Like same his son. I'm
2: talking about when it's just. But like
1: Michael Jordan has kids that that like played basketball, but they weren't physically that good. Yeah, Bronny James looks like he's physically talented enough to go to the NBA. Mm-hmm. But like when he goes like his life right now, when he goes home from like 11th grade or whatever in his Lamborghini tracks. Yeah. yeah, and like there's girls like, "Oh my god, Bernie James, you want to have a threesome tonight with me and my friend?" Like that's his life. <laughs> you think he's like driven to become the best basketball player ever? I don't think so. I think he's just like Yeah, man, I'll go to the league cuz my dad goes to the league. It's like becoming a oh, plumber, yeah, your it, dad's yeah, a plumber. Yeah, yeah. Like you're like, "That's how this family makes money." yeah So I'll go to the NBA, do the Got Milk commercials, Gatorade, I'll do all that stuff. But I'm not gonna. I don't. If if I don't do that great, well, my life's set. I'm good. Yeah, man. What a what a that motivation. Man, is
2: very. But underrated. there is no motivation. Oh, you talking about as far as oh, you have as, it. Oh, you have it. Oh, gotcha. When gotcha. you have
1: it, it's something. Now yeah, you got to yeah. struggle. You yeah. know. Again, not the transition again. But P Diddy. Put out a video last week of him eating mangoes or cantaloupe by his He's pool. He's been going off. And he was like, man, you know, when you work hard and dedicate your life to this, you, to, to, to your craft, this is what you can get. Success. I'm not anybody special. I had. Yeah. I grew up, I woke up one night from a sleep. I had 15 roaches on my face. I was yeah. like, come on, man. I don't know if you had 15. Yeah. I don't even know if it's it's there's enough space for yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it was one. Yeah. And not saying like one roach is bad. I don't want any roaches on my face, but 15 Again, nobody wants to hear a shitty story. Though. That's a good story. That is a good story. I wanna hear that. That's motivated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when you, I hear that. Especially when the, the aesthetic <laughs> is like a pool side. Yeah. It's an infinity pool, and you're like, man, I grew up in the peas. Like I grew up in a project building with roaches all over my face.
2: I want to get in one of those one day, man. And what? The one of the infinity pools? The ones that like is dropping off the Oh, yeah, I can make that oh, happen for you,
1: goodness. bro. We're going to Vegas next year. We can get you in Infinity oh, Pool. Oh my goodness. We'll, oh, oh you
2: know, like, you know, what was that show we watched? Um The Instagram show.
1: The Instagram the, show. Th- oh, about the fake people? Yeah, oh man. That's yeah, me, yeah.
2: That's me in Vegas.
1: <laughs> You're just gonna pretend I'm a just, like I'm, a, I'm, oh, la- yeah. you I'm you gonna run Lamborghini out everywhere. there. <laughs> You're just gonna scam your way through Vegas? <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to see this. That actually that actually transitions me perfectly <laughs> into my this is my Fran philosophy digging into Fran question. Okay. I wanna do this cool. Um, um and this is this is even though we're coming off of funny, I really want you to really think about this. Okay. My question to you is do you consider yourself a dreamer or a go getter? Both. Both. Yeah. Okay. Because Oh, go ahead. No, go
2: oh, ahead. because um, flush that out for me. Yeah, so because it's like the dream part, the dream aspect of it is like you know I want to have this crazy lifestyle. Yeah, you talk, you
1: talk, you talk big. Yeah, you talk
2: big all the time, and it's, it's, I'm gonna get that one day. But and I also have, I think, like we just talked about as far as having a, the driving motivation. Like, um, it's like I do have the driving motivation, but for some days and some days I go. I mean, I wasn't, I didn't grow up poor, so it was yeah. like, I don't need to, like, Yeah, I gotta be at this every day, 100%. For it's sure. Like, it's just, I don't... You
1: let your foot off the gas yeah,
2: a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little bit, a yeah, little bit, but yeah. sometimes you'll get up, it would be one of those days where you get up where it's like, oh, I wanna, you'll see, like, a post, and you go, I need to, like, I need to do something. Like I a not want post. Like a motivation wanna, to like post. A motivation to post. Like, it. sometimes it would be days where it's just like, like, I wanna do something, then it's like, that. it'd be like, I'll wake up, and then it hit, Next thing you know, it's eight p.m. and it's like I didn't do shit today. Yeah, but I want I want something. Right, but I didn't do nothing at all you just today. Weren't, you weren't
1: driven today. Yeah, yeah. See, that's the thing. I consider myself in every aspect except the talent to be an artist. Like my brain works how an artist's brain works. Like yeah. sometimes creativity strikes me in the moment. You could just be rel- You could just be chilling and just something. Just yeah, hit me yeah, Like yeah, I yeah. want to do this. Yeah, but then that also can come off of like four days of nothing coming. Yeah. Right? So, like, the same way a writer or an artist or, you know, a painter or director or whatever, it might take them, it's lulls. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's, sometimes I have no ideas. And some days I get like eight ideas. Yeah.
2: But that's, I know that's stressful as fuck, though. Well, for Especially sure. Especially somebody that does that, like, as a career. Yeah. And then it's like, Definitely. days you go, like, I can't, I can't, can't think fuck? anything. Today, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You know? And that's the, I mean, In a way, even though we have this free form podcast, you know, we we have to find stories and tell stories and, you know, try to find places to be funny where we can. We don't have like a scripted podcast. Right. So it doesn't take as much creativity as it might take somebody who's like planned out A to Z. Yeah. Everything they're going to say and do on the episode. So I like that because that allows my brain and how it works to be able to flow the Mm -hmm. way that it does naturally. Yeah, Yeah. As opposed to being like, okay, well, this episode I want to do this and this. And then it has to be a funny moment. And then I got to try to curate this kind of intense moment. And instead we just like, whatever happens happens when we turn the mic. You know? So I do enjoy that. But like I said, in every way, but the, you know, I can't put uh, a brush to canvas and make something creative Mm. in that regard. But I do think my brain works in that of an artist. And it sounds like the same way for you too, where it's like, you know, I want things I want, uh, you know, your, your, your dreams are a lot, bigger and broader that's why this question when i started i want to ask fran that because sometimes you'll be like yeah man i think i asked you one time like what do you want to do it's something what's the goal is you're like i want to buy my dad a lamborghini i'm like god bless you know what i'm saying like that's Mm. a big dream right so so it's like to dream is one dream big though but to dream is one thing but to go out and 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 and, you know put the steps to the ground that's that's what the question is supposed to elicit is like do you just like I guess it's like do you talk to talk or do you talk the talk to and walk the walk?
2: It's like I t- I, I talk to talk and sometimes
1: I do the walk the walk. So you talk you you walk, but you talk harder than you walk exactly. sometimes. Yeah yeah
2: yeah. Okay. But some days ago, some days I was like oh, I I, I got to get stuff done today and then yeah. I'll, I'll do everything I need to do. And then but it's like like I'm reading this book, like I said I, re- I told you I read this book called The Compound Effect. Mm-hmm. So it was like again, it's just like all the little steps people don't see until yeah. until you get to you know whatever how many times, and then people see the result of it. Absolutely, but all the stuff in the beginning is where the hard work is, and it's like that stuff that stuff you get caught that's up where you like don't see. yeah that's yeah. but that stuff you get caught up where it's like again like an artist you go, you know I kind of feel like I haven't done anything but. It's just a process of you know getting stuff done, and then that little things you go building block. I can I didn't do anything, but you you are doing something. You're laying but, the foundation. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that for sure. Yeah.
1: It's like um, one of the best quotes I heard recently. It was in a video. It was this coach saying, you know, uh, basically he was he was saying the difference between people who like work extra hard mm-hmm. and people who do the minimum. Yeah. And he's like basically he was saying, and I'm I'm butchering, I'm butchering the quote a little bit, but he was basically saying like. People who do the minimum do what they need to do mm-hmm. and then want credit. Yeah. And then people who go above and beyond and do and, and people who want greatness do beyond that. Yeah. And still want to do more. Yeah. Still feel like, man, I could have got more done today. Even though the goalpost is right here. You kicked it. You kicked it through the goalpost. Yeah. But I want to kick it. Through the goal, I wanted to go out of the stadium. I know I did it. But the guy that like kicks it and it just barely—he's like, I did it, man. I made it, right? Give me my credit, give me my props. So it's this idea that, you know, it's it's like that Chris Rock joke where he's like, you know, he's like, when black dudes are like. I take care of my kids. Mm. It's like, what, what you want a cookie? Yeah, you know like, that's what you're supposed to do. Right, you're supposed exactly. to take care of your kids. Yeah. Now, are you you take care of your kids? Are you putting your kid in piano classes? Yeah, are yeah. you are you spending time to try to craft your kid and make the man? I don't even want to it because it's my good vibe story. But this uh, Zayla, can oh we like?
2: God, can we like? I figured you was gonna do it because that was gonna be my good vibe too. We can just can we talk just, about her. Okay, we'll praise it. her. It. All right, cool.
1: We'll just that'll be our good vibe yeah, this yeah, week yeah. as we'll mutually just praise that okay. little girl. Yeah. But she's like eight years old and. That's not the bare minimum being done for your child. That's yeah. not just taking care of your kid making sure there's food in their stomach the, that kid's parents are amazing, yeah, and it's a thing where I don't I never shit on my mom for doing this because I think that she wanted me to just express myself the best that I could. Mm-hmm. but I lived in very much in a household where I was like, I don't want to play soccer anymore yeah, or and she'd be like, all right, well, okay, don't don't do it. Mm-hmm. or I don't want to take this PowerPoint presentation or this art class to learn how to be an artist. She's like, okay, cool, but when you stay on your kids and you and you make them do something sometimes you got to go through it and when you come out the other side you once you get over that hurdle because mm-hmm. me i'm like very much a person at least i was when i get to a hurdle i'm like oh, fuck this like i was yeah. like i don't want to this is too hard fuck this yeah but when you make a kid say when you go no you're gonna get over that hurdle mm-hmm. and that might be the hurdle that when you get over that you go oh i love this yeah so i never was really put pressure on me by anybody to go, why don't you, you're going to do this until you love it or yeah. you're going to know for sure you don't love it. Not yeah. just it's a hard day and then you quit. Yeah, you want. I want you to know for sure you hate this by doing this thing mm-hmm. and then accomplishing it. You know, yeah. not just like trying to do it and then you fail and then you quit. You're going to do it and then you're going to accomplish it. And then if you hate it, then you can quit. Yeah, I, that's never been a part of my life. But when I watch her, I'm like, she knows how to fucking dribble basketballs and spell and. She's like fluent in French. I don't even want to get into it because yeah. we're gonna mutually praise her.
2: Yeah, like yeah. that's kind of the same f- me and my household. I mean, I've never like done something and, and like quit as far as being a when I was a young or a sure. child or whatever. But I think I don't think my dad would have been like on me. He'd have been like you know why or whatever. And my brother I had older brother. He probably would have been on my ass too. But yeah. that's why I was like I told Steph a while ago. I was like I've never been. Sometimes I get scared because I've never been in a situation where like my back is against the wall. I've, I feel like I have never had that yet. And then yeah. I feel like everybody goes through it. And then when I go through, it. I don't know how I'm a. Uh, how I'm gonna react to it. Right. Because everything that happens, I call my dad. I yeah. get a flat tire, I, he's the first person I call everything. Right. So yeah. it's like I don't know how when it's, like, when when it's nobody like that, when, there's when there's nobody, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how I'm gonna react or how I'm gonna deal with it. So that's it's kinda scary, but that's kinda is it's kinda the same thing
1: though.
3: Yeah, man. Yeah. Pressure
1: pressure busts pipes, but yeah. it also makes diamonds. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think that even you just knowing that is a step in the right direction yeah. as far as like maybe the next time you get a flat tire, you don't call your dad. Yeah. You know, Why not you know, or, you know, Well, I'm just yeah, yeah. that the metaphorical. <laughs> yeah, flat yeah, 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 yeah. The next situation where you go, I got to call my dad. Yeah, don't. Yeah, at first, look, go on YouTube yeah. or whatever Or whatever thing. Or try to fix it for yourself mm-hmm. and just test yourself. Yeah, because I, you know, back against the wall is a very drastic statement. Yeah, you know, so you know, you know. You never know, you can't prepare for like when your back's really against the wall. Right. But you can make those little steps where you go, okay, well, I'm going to try to do this myself. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I, you know, I don't really know where we were going with that. I, I mean, you answered my question for sure. That was a really interesting conversation that we had. But, you know, yeah, my message to people is just like, you know, it's great to dream. Dream big. Yeah. But you got to you gotta put this, because I think that, what do they say? Like if you shoot for the moon, you land on... Shoot for the stars. Shoot for the stars. You land on the moon. That's still a good place to be. Yeah. So maybe you never get your dad a Lamborghini, but maybe you get him a a new Corvette. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or something? Or or something? A bike. Yeah. I don't know if your dad rides bikes, but you know, you know. But But
2: I don't like thinking of it that way because if I do, I go. (laughs) I do that. That makes me want to do even less work. So (laughs) (laughs) I just (laughs) get him the Corvette. Yeah. You like so then you? But then if you do that, now you're getting them the Chrysler 300C. You see how that works?
1: Yeah, but I
2: just want to keep it high. Just keep it high. Shoot for the stars, yeah, man. Just keep it high. Shoot yeah, for yeah. the stars. <laughs> shoot for
1: the stars. You land, on, but don't be like I'm just gonna shoot for the moon. That's what you're saying. I'm just gonna shoot for the moon. Because then yeah. you just land. You're just in a plane. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You just in a, uh, a Southwest flight. You're just like, yeah. Hey, Dad, I got you a. Uh, yeah, good I got you a Buick Skylark. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You go like, what? <laughs> so I could have bought this myself, <laughs> and I don't even really like this car, You didn't have to get me this. I, you, you wasted your money. Yeah. No, you want to get him something that like. Blows his mind, yeah. But yeah. it might not be the Lambo, but shoot for the Lambo, yeah, yeah. And then you go, wow, this is where I landed. I'm in a, I'm still in a great spot, yeah. I got you this, yep, yeah. You know, yep. so yeah, man, shoot for the stars, and you still land on the moon. And if we got that wrong, whatever, yeah. We're gonna move on because I briefly, I briefly wanted to touch on this because it's been all over the news. I don't know if you heard about this, but <clears throat> the president of Haiti this past week got assassinated. Oh yeah, I saw that. I don't really know the full details of this, other than the fact that it was two Haitian Americans. Hmm. and like 10 colombians who pulled and they were a colombian they worked for like a security firm in Haiti mm-hmm. it sounds like this was some kind of paramilitary black op coup mm-hmm. it's it, like this isn't this wasn't like um like on january 6th you know on the mm-hmm. capitol mm-hmm. those were just a bunch of mad people and idiots and people died and that was terrible So I want to say that first before I continue Is that like We should not be looking at Haiti And being like Oh my god Like I can't believe Like this just happened here Yeah It just happened that nobody died Well of course
2: Americans Americans did that though
1: Yeah But like (laughs) They'd be like like, Oh my god It's like Haiti It's so bad there So dangerous Like no no People brought gallows To where people go And take photographs And go to the Smithsonian And shit There was a, a mutiny there Yeah And they wanted to hang the vice president So like let's not look down on Haiti Even though they successfully You know murdered their pre- it's, it's, it's still crazy mm-hmm. you know but i just want to put that into perspective like this could have happened it just so happens that the people that were there liked the president so they yeah. wouldn't have killed him but they could have killed a secretary of st- uh, uh, anybody yeah. who they thought was opposition um but the difference in this is that when i'm doing more research i'm like these people were trained and nobody involved is a, Hait- is a haitian citizen really like the two people that are Haitian are Haitian American. Like mm. I mean they might have dual passports, I'm not sure again I don't know the details, but it I mean they went in there and now they spiraled this country into potential peril. Like I mean the, 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 there's this power vacuum now and it feels like it might this could have been... I, I think this is something that's going to be bigger than the national news media might cover cuz I feel like this might have been like you know, this could have been the US government, this could have been the UK the UK government. Like this could have this feels like a planned Staged attack Not just some mad people Mm. Who didn't like the president Mm. You know I've heard that he's authoritarian I don't really know anything about Haitian politics Yeah So I don't know if he was a good guy Or a bad guy As far as what he was doing For the people of Haiti Yeah But either way A military group Like trained military group Not saying that they were Sent by anybody specifically But they aren't just They weren't just like uh, Haitian farmers who had guns Mm. This was like an organized Assassination Damn you know, so I don't think that that comes from the people. Yeah, it wasn't. This wasn't a revolution. A revolution is like a thousand people storming. They. That's what happened to Muammar Gaddafi, mm-hmm. the president of Egypt. You know, uh, probably a decade plus ago now. They pulled. They pulled him out of his castle or whatever, and drug him through the streets and like murdered him in a mob style. Damn. that's a revolution. This was like SEAL Team Six. This was like people came in, go this way, go that way. You know, and yeah. and and got in and killed the president of this country. Now the people on the streets actually were the ones that apprehended some of the culprits, really. But yeah, but I mean, it, it, the country's in chaos right now, and Haiti is constantly going through these power vacuums. And you know, I don't know if Haiti is a mineral rich country or something, but it, it just feels like there's always, you know, they've gotten their freedom. Haiti's one of the only countries that one of, one of the first countries. I think I want to get this. I want to get this right because I could be wrong. Haiti either, either, either never had slavery. Mm-hmm. Or they were the first country to like revolt against slavery and become like a free country where that shit wasn't tolerated. Yeah, I know Haiti had a revolution against the French that kind of gained them their independence, but I think also even within that they like they didn't play around with slavery. It was like a black country. Yeah, that didn't you know. And I could be wrong. I don't want to. I, I could be wrong about that. But my point is, it's a, it's a they're a strong people. Yeah. You know, so but it's there's just always turmoil there. They get earthquakes, you know, and and then political people stealing money in the government. And then this happens and it's like, Jesus Christ, man, I just I just can't believe again. Well, I I don't want to say I can't believe because January 6th happened Mm -hmm. here. But it just is so crazy to me that like a coup, like they staged a coup, it seems like. And they went in there and they assassinated the president of this country. That's like that's like crazy. That's like something from an ABC show or something. That's scandal shit. So, you know, prayers to Haiti, man. I hope everything works out. That's absolutely insane to think about, but it's fascinating. And I think that the story is going to be deeper than we think. Yeah. You know, because that just, its again, it just wasn't like some mad people.
2: Yeah, because it was like, when I when I saw it, I saw the post and I started reading the comments, people was just, it's a whole bunch of different opinions and whatever. And it was like, well, people was like, well, he didn't want to step down. So I was like, damn. So he killed him? Was like, I was like,
1: wow. You know something, man, the internet is—it—it it fascinates me, the the things people can say when they're just like behind a keyboard and they know there's no, you know, you get all these experts, boxing experts, you know, yeah. and, and fighting sports experts and everything, and they just say whatever, like, oh man, he clearly didn't train enough, or I would have done that differently, I would have made that yeah. shot, or like, oh, political opinions, oh man, well, you know, if you don't want to step down, you get murdered, that's just how that goes, you know, you can just talk so comfortably behind that keyboard. Yeah. I think it really is like one of the greatest detriments to America to like human society mm-hmm. is being a keep like the keyboard warriors and trolls. And and that's why I try not to let people like that affect my day too much, you know, because yeah. not that we get trolls or I mean, we don't get trolled anything, anything like that in any kind of way, really, that I can say is weight is weighted. But then you watch like so like with Britney Spears is going on. She's like in a conservatorship and all this crazy stuff. And then people bullied her sister. Jamie Lynn Spears, Zoe 101, great show.
2: And Wait, that's a sister?
1: Yeah, Jamie Lynn Spears. I mean, they look exactly the same. I think I already knew that. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, she yeah. she's been out of the public eye for a long time. But basically what happened is I don't know their relationship, but people were like, where's Jamie Lynn? Why isn't Jamie Lynn speaking up for her sister? And this girl let a bunch of people who she doesn't know have egg pictures as their Twitter come out and have to defend her relationship with her sister and again i don't know anything about her relationship with her sister i don't know anything about their family but the idea that she had to go on her phone and be like first of all you guys i love my sister it's like first of all these people don't know your sister they might love her music and whatever so them defending her and now making you feel like you need to come out and like speak up about your relationship with this person that you've known your whole life is like why are you letting them have that much power but that's the world we live in. Yeah. You know, like, it's all these millions of people can come and just influence you to do something so out of character, man. Like, when I, even like, you talk about hip-hop world, when I see dudes, like, threatening other dudes on their phone because somebody, because people keep, like, leaving, you know, uh, that person's, like, you know, some every rapper kind of gets, like, assigned an emoji. Mm-hmm. Like, the tomato might be 50 cent or something mm-hmm. like that. So then his fans go and put tomatoes in somebody's uh, Instagrams. Mm-hmm. And then that that thing makes you go on your phone and be like, man, fuck 50 Cent, man. I'll kill him. And it's like, why are you letting these people influence you this way to go pull your phone up and talk to yourself in a room and threaten people or go out, cry? When I see people crying into a phone, that is, like, crazy to me. (laughs) I Like, we need to, like, delegitimize that because I feel like if I see a person crying in a, in a, a video that it's they so sta- posted... I think
2: it's so staged and but fake.
1: It, it and is. And my point about delegitimizing it is, that should be like, I need to call the police. Yeah. Like, you need help. Like, that should be how we treat it. But it just becomes so normalized that that's not... You just go, oh, yeah, Demi Lovato's crying on her phone or Billie Eilish is crying on her phone or whatever. It's like, no, no, if a person is doing that, you should be like, oh, they need to... Somebody needs to call the They might hurt themselves. But it's been so normalized that we're just like oh entertainment, that's that, but that's how I look at it though. But we should look,
2: though. But I look at it as because that's mental illness, bro. Yeah, but I look at it, it as just being be they just way. they want sympathy though. That's how I look at it. They just yeah. it's just it's just for fake. Yeah, like but why it, are you? Why, but why are you crying for everybody to see? Like I just like really, I I don't understand that. I just don't get it. That's why I think it's fake, and I just think they want sympathy. That's fair.
1: Yeah, nah, I agree with that, man. Let's get into these Patreon shoutouts. <laughs> oh yeah we got some patreon shout outs this week y'all first of all before we get into that i just want to say thank you to everybody on the patreon um you guys are amazing you guys are awesome Did you know who's on your shirt oh that's dr nazardin from uh, my 600 pound life oh yeah Yeah, he's yeah, going yeah, yeah. how y'all doing yeah that's yeah. his catchphrase when he walks through him he's like how y'all doing <laughs> yeah he says it every time That's my favorite thing yeah. how y'all doing every time uh, let's see. Where did we end off with? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm probably going to say some names that I said before because I don't know exactly where we left off. Um, shout out to Brandis. Brandis is a, is a great landmark for me. So I'm going to start at Brandis. Shout out to Brandis. Up next, we're going to go shout out to Skyler D. Uh, shout out to Skylar D Thank you Skylar For your love and support and, and you're a true serial killer Shout out to you Up next Oh no we did do this Okay because people Are getting double shout outs Because we got Bree Anna Shout out to you Bree Anna Much love Because she her, her name The Anna is capitalized But she says I want to Oh correction Brianna, mm. that is how you say it. Even though it looks like Brianna, it looks she like. She messaged you. Yeah, she let me know. She's like, "Oh, I got my shout out, but my name's Brianna." Oh, so get so it okay, right next no, time. Still, so yeah, so get your fucking facts straight. Yeah, but it does look like Bri, the cheese, and Anna. Like you know, Anna, Anna, Anna. Who's the famous Anna? Well, you
2: can't. I don't think. I don't think nowadays you can look at names and go, "Oh, it's this."
1: Yeah, I don't, don't think like you can do that anymore. and squiggles over yeah. letters. I don't know how to fucking put the inflection on there. God. Don't let there be like a one of those little commas over yeah. thing. Like Somebody Sha- can spell Sha- like, like Brian. You're like, no, it's Brian. You go,
2: What what? First of all, okay, what? Cool. I went to a school, I went to middle school with a kid
1: named Robert. Okay. It was spelled exactly the yeah, it was spelled exactly the same like Robert, but at some point in his name, I guess there was like a squiggle over something and yeah. it made it French. You can't, Robert. <laughs> and he looked like he looked like Murphy Lee from the St. Lunatics. He wasn't like a wasn't some foreign exchange student from yeah. France. He just yeah. was a black kid named Robert. Shout out to him wherever he is I hope you're doing well man <laughs> uh, Up next we got Margaret Noonan We did this already I'm just trying to find my place um, So I'm gonna I'm gonna breeze through these a bit Up next we Wait, got you can say last name uh, no, you can't. Uh, um, we did, I didn't say that. I didn't say anything. Up next, we got Leela. Shout out to you, Lila.
2: <laughs> Jamie <amazing>. Smith. <laughs>
1: yeah. And her address is... Uh, anyway, uh, up next, we got, we got Kiana B. Much love. Shout out to you, Kiana B. Thanks for the support. Up next, we got Isis R. Shout out to you, Isis R. Um, that name has really gone through some things over the last couple okay. of years, but that is still yeah. a great name. Yeah. You know, don't let... The, don't let yeah. Don't let those. Don't let the terrorists win. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna move on. Yeah, yeah that's weird. Uh, up, ne- <laughs> up next, up next we got Jana R. I don't know if that's if I'm saying it right. If not, you let me know, yeah. but politely. Yeah. Jana, <laughs> shout out to you. Up next we got Tara, no last name. I had a crush on a girl in elementary school named Tara. Not gonna say her full name. Why not? Because <laughs> we have to exist outside of this I'm always hesitant on like what, How much I share Because the last thing I, it's just, You know I don't like people Coming up to me and be like Hey man, so your podcast Don't come up to me in real life If yeah. I know you yeah. And talk to me about the podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Please fine don't. with strangers don't. But I don't like Hey don't, man, how's the
2: podcast
1: I'm playing basketball Leave me alone Mind man. your business <laughs> Mind your business But uh, anyway uh, Terrorists have been very influential in my life They've gotten me through some tough times Made me realize some things okay. about myself you know and, and, and we're Stepping stones into me Becoming who I am today hmm. So shout out to all the Taras out there Including the one on our Patreon Shout out to you Lastly we got Jocelyn T okay. uh, You know How about you She clearly was jocelyn in her pocket mm. found some extra ducats yeah. and decided to contribute signed them to up. the patreon so thank you very yes. much jocelyn for uh, your contribution you are a true serial killer yes you signed on for serial killer thank you very much jocelyn my, uh, much love and appreciation to everybody there on the patreon what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back i believe friend, it's my turn to go first yep so stick around All right, and we are back. Fran, I uh, have a very interesting affirmative murder this week. Okay, uh, This actually came from a listener who messaged me on Instagram and mm. informed me about this story. And I went and did a deep dive. And it's a... It's not a cold case. Okay. But the family's working on trying to get it categorized as a cold case. So I'm going to just kind of tell the story and leave it up for the people to So decide. what is
2: it? What is the status on it now?
1: It is uh, a suicide. Suicide. Oh, yes. Um, so my affirmative murder this week Is the story of Keith Warren uh, My sources were um, The Unsolved Mysteries Reddit Which is great mm-hmm. Great Reddit And uh, the Keith Site.com. So it's like okay. a family run site With all the information on there Those yeah. are my two sources So <clears throat> Keith Warren was a 19 year old kid Living in an affluent neighborhood In Silver Spring, Maryland in 1986 Originally born in Topeka, Kansas he moved to Silver Spring in 1979 with his mother, Mary, and his sister, Sherry. So, you know, I, I fuck with that. <laughs> um, they could have named him like Jerry or something. That would have been a cool yeah. way to round it out. Uh, after his, This was after his parents divorced. By all accounts, he was well-liked and had a promising future. He graduated from John F. Ken- Kennedy High School in the spring of 1986 and was due to start college in the fall at North Carolina Central University in Durham, North Carolina. Tragically, one month away from starting college, paramedics were called after Keith was discovered deceased in the woods behind Mm -hmm. his family's house by a neighbor named Claudia Michelle Lawson, who said she had been walking her dog when she discovered the body hanging by his neck from a tree. Wow! After a very brief investigation, the, the authorities concluded that Keith had died by suicide and closed the case despite the fact that the rope had been anchored around the base of a large tree extended 25 feet and wrapped around a smaller tree and then arched up over a fork in the tree that was at least 18 feet high. Mm. So do you understand what I'm saying? So it was wrapped around so it was wrapped a, around a, big, a big bigger tree and then, then the rope was dragged and wrapped around a smaller tree 25 feet to a smaller tree and then, up. then it was tossed you know how trees it forked. Yeah, yeah. Then it was thrown up in between a fork and then pulled down and then he was found where the rope was pulled down yeah. hanging from that part. Mm-hmm. So it was a very elaborate Rope situation. Yeah. I don't know anything about how what they call rig. It was an elaborate rig. Mm-hmm. Now, this is this is the crazy part. So I'm going to say all the things that I found alarming. I'm going to highlight them. I'm going to say everything that happened for the most part from what I could find. And I'm going to highlight the things that I think are unusual. Mm-hmm. But they clearly aren't unusual enough to overturn the, the conclusion of what this was found to yeah. be over 20 years ago at this point. So his feet were on the ground. And his knees were bent in sort of like a sitting posture. So basically, what ha- it looks like, I, f- I saw the crime scene photos. They're horrific. Um, it looks like if you had your back up against the wall, mm-hmm. and then you locked your knees and then slid down. So like his feet, his his it's basically like his heels are on the ground, okay. and both his legs are straight. Mm. Not it doesn't he so he's not even really hanging. Yeah. You know, so, which is, that's, so that's already red flag number one. That's like the posture of somebody who was being like pulled up and then let down, Mm -hmm. you know, and which that also, uh, coincides with the rig. The Mm -hmm. rig is set up to be something of like, to get leverage. Yeah. To be like a lever type of situation. Like if you're pulling a. Uh, engine to put into a car mm-hmm. you would you would you would ha- you would get the leverage and the momentum and then be able to pull it right as opposed to if you were trying to kill yourself you would jump off of from a high point and then just be found hanging yeah. or my other theory was that maybe you know if we're going with the suicide thing that he didn't because he didn't die from breaking his neck he died from choking mm-hmm. so it would have to be like an asphyxiation type of situation where he just his feet were on the ground and then he just kind of slid his feet from under him and let himself kind of dangle, mm-hmm. but not really hang. His feet were always on the ground in some kind of way, which takes so much more intention. Yeah. That's the crazy part to me. And there's still a lot more to get into. But like when you I mean, I've never tried to you know, kill myself, but I would imagine that when you try to uh, commit suicide in a hanging way, you would want to jump so that there's no way for you to change your mind. Yeah, you want to. So that you, you know, it's, it's, it's final. Yeah. You can't, he you don't want to be it. like, oh, yeah. I'm going to lean into it. like from this situation, how he was found, it would, it looks like he would have to like decide to use his body weight to choke himself mm-hmm. as opposed to being stuck once you commit. And then you can't, your feet aren't touching the ground. You can't pick yourself back up. But it seems like in this situation, if he wanted to, he could have stood up Yeah. at least on his tippy toes or something to like alleviate the choking. Mm-hmm. So that's already like one red flag for me. A neighborhood canvas uh, was conducted by the authorities, and Keith's body was identified by a friend, neighbor, and classmate named Rodney Cadell. So, t- wait, two people found him. Well, he was he Rodney didn't find him. Rodney identified. him. Oh,
2: oh got you, got you, got. You.
1: The Montgomery County Deputy Medical Examiner named John Rogers conducted a brief visual inspection of the scene and found that there was no evidence of trauma or foul play, and that Keith had committed suicide. He reportedly had used a log to jump off. And was killed by the pressure of the of his body weight against the noose. Mm-hmm. Again, in that description by this medical examiner, there's nothing about a broken neck, which is a lot of times when people are hung, it's that force of when you jump that really kills you. I mean, choking is part of it, but when you break your neck, that's like that's that's the main cause of you killing you, mm-hmm. and then the asphyxia is 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 like a contributing factor. Gotcha. But this is saying he was killed by the body weight up against the noose. So him choking himself basically because he was never dangled he was never hanging you know like when they found him his feet were on the were on the ground no autopsy was ordered mary wasn't notified and mary who is his mother wasn't notified until almost six hours later so keith's body had been sent to a funeral home of the investigating officer's choice without her knowledge and embalmed without his without her permission what so it went straight from the crime scene to a, a a funeral home that's crazy and was embalmed before she even knew what happened to our son the police report note uh, the the police report notes that they didn't they did initially make an attempt to notify the next of kin but were unsuccessful and hey, wait. I, don't, I don't know what those yeah, i don't know what those attempts are. i don't know why there was such a rush like we tried That's oh crazy. well take him to the you know i don't there's like what happened to like taking him i guess when you rule it a suicide there's no need to take them to that like uh autopsy room where they have the refrigerators and they you know they pull the bodies yeah. out for parents to identify i mean I, they'll be able to have a choice though right the parents or i would think so i mean especially since th- this was all decided at the crime scene they had a guy show up and was like yep probably used that log and suicide so they never did an autopsy yeah like a like a like a professional forensic autopsy which is strange to me to take a body... Str- I've never even... I don't even know if I've ever heard of that. To take a body straight from the scene of the crime to the funeral home. Yeah. As a the decision of the detective, not the parents. That's crazy. You know, that's strange, right?
2: And embalmed, like... And embalmed.
1: Like, not... You know, again, I'm not like a... I don't know. I watch, I watch some Case Files. I watch some Discovery Plus. Great. That shit's great. And, you know, they have that wall with all those fridges, with all those bodies in it. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times they put them there until they can figure out the next steps. Mm-hmm. And I guess they thought since... You know this kid Rodney identified Keith, and they ruled it a suicide. They were like, "Yeah, this is me trying to justify." It. It's crazy, no matter what. Yeah, but this is me trying to be like trying to find their thought process. And they go,
2: "Well, we can't find his family. No, we tried. No right for them. We tried once, but they, but they still didn't like the, whoever it was that identify him. They didn't say that, that that's his house right there. It was then it wasn't didn't it have right behind his house.
1: Yes." So, so I would that assume. Wasn't, that that's, come up I would assume. My assumption is maybe they weren't home, and their attempt to identify next to Kim was knocking on the door. But but this is all speculation.
2: Yeah, but I get that. But I mean, like, I it don't should know be what more their a, was. Right, it should be more of a process than them like okay, knocking once and be like, "This Bup. is this is his house." This is he's a teenager, though, right? Yeah, he's mm-hmm. a teenager. He obviously have parents or you know some type of guardian mm-hmm. should that to, Roddy, right, yes. should have been more information from Right, it should be more of a process than knocking on the door. Oh, we can't find anybody. Take him to the funeral home and embalm him. So with the uh, the whole suicide situation, so what if he did hang himself? Uh huh. And over time, you know, the the rope was long, and over time, when that he could have to jump down, it just, it just over time it just it dropped down, it just some, dropped down his feet That's possible.
1: Before. That's possible. I thought about that mm. because he had only been gone for the day, mm. so he was out there for probably twelve to twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. So I guess, but at the same time, also it's so well rigged that I don't know if there's a ton of give, but all it takes is a little bit of give to create the situation that they found. Like maybe he was hanging and then over the hours, the rope from the big tree loosened up a bit and it loosened up enough that his, his heels were now touching the ground. Mm-hmm. And it made the appearance of that he was standing or something, you know, that's mm-hmm. possible. That's absolutely possible, you know? Cause again, this is still, filed as a suicide. Nothing has changed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they haven't there's not been enough ev- evidence found by the family and uh um what do they call it when they got like an outside uh medical examiner. Okay. They got like their own private one. medical examiner yeah. outside of the ones that work for the department. Yeah. And none of the information that they have found have changed the de- the department's mind. But there's still more. I'm not even close to being done. So there will be more information that'll make you go like, "Oh,
2: well why wouldn't they?" But what in them not Sending him Even to the inconclusive funeral, or something, but not sending him to the funeral home and everything. Wouldn't that isn't that like that's not like tampering with evidence and all that? It's not like that doesn't. Come it into all play? feels
1: weird, but I don't know if you can categorize it as tampering with evidence. Um, it could, you could. I'm sure they would categorize it as like a botched, de- you know, detective work or something oh, like yeah. that. Like, oh, we rushed that it. Yeah, you know, they th- they would never get. Charge like tampering with evidence. I could, they could just go. I mean, I know they they're not it. use it. Yeah, we yeah, didn't yeah. do some things right that we should have done. But I mean, yeah. To to because I mean they didn't do a toxicology screening, and now you put embalming fluid in his body. That that tampers with that ability to do that. According to Keith's family, the clothing that he was wearing when he was found was not his own. Also, the tree from which Keith was hanged. Check this out. The tree from which Keith was hanged was apparently cut down quickly and taken into evidence but cannot be found and there was no evidence of a criminal investigation at the scene. The whole tree? The whole tree. How big was the tree? It was a small tree. The big tree was what was used to stabilize the rope, but the gotcha. other tree was like a sapling. And they took the tree. And they, took, they cut the tree down. And, like a, and what I was saying was there was no evidence of a criminal investigation at the scene. No yellow tape, no questioning of witnesses, or other steps to evaluate if a crime had occurred. So it, it really just looked like they came, took his body down, and got him out of there. And then took the tree, too.
2: That's
1: crazy. And I don't know if that was the same day that they cut the tree down, too. But eventually, they came and they cut the tree down. What
2: the hell was going to do with the tree? Who knows?
1: They <laughs> said it was for evidence.
2: They can't it, do that right there? I don't know how what kind of
1: evidence you're going to get off of a tree. You're going to fingerprint the tree? You could do that at the scene, like you said. I don't know why they need to cut the tree down. Whole That's tree. very strange. But again, like they were saying- They, like,
2: expedited this whole thing. It was like, we very need to, much like, so fast. This. Very. Then that's, that's and that's strange.
1: That's strange. So that's our. That's that's a couple of strange things that have mm-hmm. happened that have given the family pause. And again, this is this is the family's account mm-hmm. that they said like there was no yellow tape or the canvas in the area for witnesses or anything like that to really feel like they were trying to figure out what happened. They it it seems like they just came and were like suicide, take them down, get them out of here, take the tree? Question mark. Yeah. And uh, yeah. On Keith's birthday in 1992. Six years after he died, his mother came home from work and found a large, unaddressed manila envelope on her, on her doorstep. The envelope contained five official police photos, which showed different angles of Keith hanging by his neck, wearing someone else's clothes. The personal items and the clothing the family received in 1986 was not the same clothing that Keith was wearing when he went missing. They believed someone knew the right items to give the family and destroyed the other clothes. This is what the family believes. Again, this is speculative. Mm -hmm. But with some evidence, I mean, they, you know, I'll get into it. At the time of Keith's death, a police officer gave the family his boots. In the photo of Keith hanging, he was wearing athletic shoes, which according to his family, Keith did not own. The police tried to explain away the discrepancy by saying the items given to the family were around the body, which begs the question, who takes a change of clothes to go hang themselves? Yeah. And or if there were multiple pairs of shoes at the scene, doesn't that give you the idea that there might be a a, a perpetrator involved in this? I don't know if my mind immediately, if I go, oh, two pairs of shoes, he must have changed into those and then hung himself. But I guess you could go, oh, he came here, the boots, he only went to hung him, hang himself an inch off the ground. The boots gave him too much height. So he took his boots off and put his sneakers on so that he would be able to hang more. Hmm. I now, think that's like that sounds stupid. What did the
2: area look like? Was it single family homes? Was it townhomes? Oh, that I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it was, was it, a what area like behind a, the house? Could it have been like a robbery or something? Or like, uh, if
1: it was a robbery, they wouldn't have done what they did, you know. So that's that's too. That's that doesn't make sense, like the pathology of what happened doesn't make sense if they robbed him. But why like, you rob him house, and then stage though? it to look like he hung himself. Like, I, I, I don't see it being a robbery. I think it's more
2: complicated than that, and I'll get into... Just behind his house part is kind of like... It's, it's,
1: yeah, it's but, kinda- like, it's not like um when you... I, I don't know if it's single-family homes, but it is a neighborhood. Like, it's not like... it's behind his house but it's behind the woods behind a bunch of people's house
2: but the reason why i'm asking was because is because like nobody saw anything like this happen at nighttime or like how many houses okay it did happen
1: it happened at nighttime and i'm sure it didn't happen like right at the the edge of the woods i'm sure it was a little bit back in the woods this lady was walking her dog so it might have been even some kind of trail or something like that they were in the woods a bit of a ways but it was the woods behind a house housing development
2: probably could have been hanging with some, like, chilling out with somebody or something. Oh, yeah. Is, I, I, I mean, for it to be behind his house is, is, yeah. this is weird. I'm
1: going to get into, like, some of his day-to-day lifestyle things and everything like that that could bring into question what could have happened. I mm-hmm. don't think it was just, like, as simple as a robbery. It's something more complicated than that. Or he, he hung himself. Yeah. That's, you know, th- that's still on the table because that's what it's ruled as to this day. <clears throat> so here's some of the theories that lend to this being just a suicide. So Keith and his father had a tumultuous relationship. A year prior to his death, Keith had been visiting his father in North Carolina, and they got into an argument. Keith suffered a nervous breakdown as a result of it and had to be hospitalized for four days at Duke University Medical Center. Mary went to get him and brought him back to Maryland. As a high school graduation gift, Cleo, who was his father, gave Keith a blue 1976 Corvette. The car seemed to boost Keith's spirits because it brought him friends, girls, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But Keith lost his job on July 21st and had a $2,000 car insurance payment looming. Dang. Now, it must be the type of car because I broke it down like $2,000 of, of a car insurance payment over a 12 months is like $164 a month. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot today. Yeah, But it's a blue 1976 Corvette in the hands of a 19-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. Like that's... My insurance is about one sixty four yeah. now, and I'm almost thirty years old. Yeah. So for me, when you go count for inflation, that must be like super high for a kid at nineteen in nineteen eighty six or whatever, right? Get your kid something sensible that's not going to be crazy, especially if he has to pay his own car insurance payments. Yeah. Like if I have to pay well, my well, it's own- not
2: it's not a it's not a car payment It's car insurance.
1: Well, yeah, so, yeah car car insurance, but I mean that that can be even worse than a car payment sometimes, depending on. Who you are yeah. Like I mean You know I mean I mean, maybe it was I don't know if it was Different in the 80s But like now today It's like a red car A sports car mm-hmm. All these things Your age yeah. Your sex Like if you're a boy Or a girl All of these things Dictate your car payment And he's a boy 19 A blue Sports car You know You didn't really Set him up to have a easy go at it if you're not going to pay the insurance on it. Yeah. So what happened was, since the insurance, the insurance payment was looming and he didn't have the money to do it because he lost, to pay it because he lost his job, uh, he got into a fight with his parents over the insurance. And on July 29th, Cleo, his dad, called Keith and told him that he would be coming to Maryland on July 31st to take the car back. Mm-hmm. That was the last day anyone in the family saw or spoke to Keith. He left home on that day to spend time with his friends. And when he didn't come home the next day, Mary called around to find uh, to find him to no avail. She tried to report him missing with the Montgomery County Police Department, but they told her that she had to wait 48 hours, which I still think is like that should be a situational rule. Because mm-hmm. I understand pe- kids run away, kids whatever, kids do whatever stupid shit. But like, if you know your kid, I if you if I know my kid, mm-hmm. and I know it's weird that he's not home. I have to wait another day, yeah, to file a, a missing persons report. I know my kid wouldn't be. gone. I know that it's a but forty-eight I'm, I'm hour. I'm sure minimum. all parents know their kids, though. Well, no, I disagree with that. There are shitty parents in the world. I mean, that's yeah. just but, I mean, yeah, that, that's that, that don't thing. know and keep tabs and know everything that their kids doing, yeah. or know that their kids a good kid and like no know, knows for a fact, not like their kid presents themselves as a good kid, knows that their kid is a good kid and like would be home by now.
2: Yeah. I don't but, think that's but, like every parent knows that. Yeah, way. but authorities don't. They don't know that. Nobody's I know they don't.
1: There. So that's why they go, hey, you got to come back yeah, in you another wait. 24 hours. Yeah, yeah, But I'm just saying like, but then in this, this is the worst case scenario. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, my kid's missing. And then another day goes by and he's dead. Yeah. So I was right. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't know. That's, that's a tough one. So Keith's family uh, reported initially, accept, they, they reportedly initially accepted the suicide ruling. But over time, certain facts would arise that would put the suicide ruling into question which I've already given some examples for, and I'll give more. Uh, for one, there was a witness who was working on the EMT team mm-hmm. that showed up to the scene of the of, uh, death. Uh, his name was Dallas Lip. He was an EMT and a firefighter. In 2003, he provided an affidavit attesting to the following. When he arrived to the, to the address given, there was a long pause before anyone answered the door. Inside were two males One identified as Chip Wynn and a female named Claudia Lawson. Inside the house? Oh, wait. Inside inside of the... So basically, she went to her house to call the police and gave them her address when she said, there's a body in the woods. I found it when I was walking my dog. Okay. So they came to her address so that she could point them... Because you can't just go in the woods. Yeah. So they came to her address for her to tell them where the body was. Mm -hmm. When they showed up, this guy, Dallas Lip crazy names, Dallas Lip and Chip Wynn. But mm. Dallas Lip is saying when when we arrived it was like weird, like they were they were kind of slow to answer the door even though they found a dead person and all this stuff. So, uh he goes on to say uh so Claudia Lawson was the original 911 caller mm. who found his body. Uh and he and she was Chip's girlfriend. They discussed among themselves whether anyone had called. So they were like confused or they were at least pretending to be like did somebody call the police? Like, I mean, Chip, did you call? Claudia, did you call the police? Other third guy in the house. Who, who called the police? Why are the police here? They did that back and forth for a little bit. Didn't she call the police? Mm-hmm. Eventually, <laughs> eventually Claudia reluctantly escorted this team to the site of Keith's body. Now, this could be her not wanting to be involved and then pretending like, she didn't know anyone called the police. What's oh, too late for that? Yeah, exactly. Like, you're involved now. But I, I, it could be that... I'm not saying, like, oh, this makes them suspects. I'm saying this could have been, like, she saw a body, she called the police, but she didn't want to be involved in it. So when they showed up, she was just like, oh, I don't know who called the police. I don't want to be involved in this. Well, because she said anonymous. Should have said, you know... Yeah, but they but, um, they gave the address. But that's what I mean, though. If you don't yeah. be involved, why would you name an address? Very true. Very true. <laughs> so, so that's what makes it suspicious. Yeah. Because she's conferring with Chip, she's conferring with this other person. There's all this kind of secrecy as opposed to her just being like, Yeah, I called, but I don't want to be involved. Oh, yeah, That's it. all you, you know, instead of being like, Did someone call? and then being like, Okay, yeah, I did call. Sorry, I've well, been stop lying fucking for around. the last two minutes. Yeah, it, it's weird. <laughs> it it's, pissed a, me off. it's weird. It's just weird. It's a weird thing to do when there's yeah. a kid hanging in the woods, you know? That's so, stupid and shit. Yeah, you know, oh, the police? Who called the police? I
2: don't know. You know okay, I just, you're not trying to tell me she didn't go back at home and was
1: like, I found a has a dead body in the
2: room. Yeah, Sitting so
1: like body. all of them are pretending. All of yeah. yeah, all of them are pretending like they don't know what's going on. going on. Yeah. Um. So, uh, 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 Dallas Lip was immediately on alert as he did not think that this was typical suicide by hanging when he showed up to the scene. Mm. Despite the authorities stating that Keith had jumped off a log, Lip says that there was nothing at the scene for Keith to have jumped off. He believes the unusual way that the rope was tied between the trees was more, condu- was more conducive to hoisting a heavy load rather than suicide. And thus his impression was that it looked like a lynching. The family hired a private investigator who was instrumental in having the body exhumed. The independent forensic pathologist, that's what it was. I couldn't think all that just off off the fly a couple minutes ago when I was like an an independent investigator person. (laughs) Uh, They hired an an independent forensic pathologist Mm -hmm. whom the family hired uh, found high levels of TCE, which is a potent chemical found in glue and solvents in
2: his body. Poison? Some type of poison?
1: I have my own theory, which is that it's possible that this kid either and there's another theory that they find later but this is my theory that i had while i was doing the research mm-hmm. that maybe he was hanging out with a group of friends and maybe they were huffing glue okay that was my theory at first again there i will continue reading and there there's a another theory or like mm-hmm. what they know happened i'm not sure if it's what they know happened or if it's a theory but when i read that i was like glue
3: and
1: it's and it's toxic glue How much glue? Like, no, like oh. it's like an industrial glue oh. for you to be able to huff it. If, in my theory, like you put it in a bag and you huff the glue and you get high off the fumes, like paint. Hmm. So they found high levels of that in the system, though. It's called TCE. Keith had so much of this chemical in his body that, according to this medical examiner, he couldn't
2: have even been conscious enough to string himself up in the tree. How did they figure that out? If they are, if they went through the whole process of examining his that's body, what the,
1: that's what the that's what the the, the 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 detective said is that this kid was embalmed like there's all kind of um, fluids and stuff in his body that you know that's what they said as as a retort to the family which mm-hmm. I'll get to they have a rebuttal back okay. to the detectives department so like I said they they were the the independent uh, pathologist was like he was he had too much of this toxic shit in the system for him to even hang himself from a tree the forensic pathologist stated I believe Keith Warren's death being listed as a suicide is medically not supportable. The Maryland medical examiner's office claimed that TCE and other chemicals were injected into Keith's body with embalming fluid. However, the forensic pathologist, the independent one and other professionals did research that proved two chemicals in Keith's body are not contained in, in, in in any embalming fluid and that the distribution of the chemicals in Keith's body were not consistent with postmortem injection. Now, I don't know what those two chemicals are. I don't know if they're TCE mm. or if they're just saying, well, we found these two chemicals in his body and they're not in embalming fluid, so all of this stuff is inconclusive. That could be what they're saying. Mm. I don't know if they're saying TCE isn't in embalming fluid, so it, it couldn't have gotten there through the embalming fluid. They're saying that there was two chemicals in Keith's body that aren't found in embalming fluid, and so that means... That there could be all kind of things that were in his body, not from the embalming fluid. Mm. So I don't know which one of them they are, though, because they don't say which two chemicals that they found that aren't embalming fluid. They don't name them. Gotcha.
2: So, wait, so embalming fluid was just like blow you up, right? And that's what it do?
1: No, embalming fluid is almost like a preservative. Like it, 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 it your body's deteriorating. You know what time. I thought?
2: It, you know I thought it was. I thought it was. Like matter
1: of fact, embalming fluid stops you from bloating because the bloating comes from you. Uh,
2: Decompose You know what I thought? I thought they take your your insides out. They do, and then they use that to blow you up. No, you mean like oh, to fill you out because you're out. so empty from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> That's not <laughs> um, what it's
1: for. No, 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 no. Oh. and also they don't always take your organs out. But if they you're don't? an organ donor, um, they don't take your organs out at all. I don't think so.
0: Not uh, not all the
1: time. Some you know. Not, some, I don't think they always. I thought take they your, just. I thought they, they just you Empty you out. I thought they clean you out. You think out. it's
2: just like a like a sh- like a shell. Yeah, they clean you out, throw shit in the bag, and then they blow you up.
1: I, I you know what like, i don't work at a—I'm <laughs> I, I, not a, a, an expert in this. I have a friend named Kelsey who uh, does
2: this for a living. I remember nev- you did the I've never right asked there. her
1: if she takes out—but hmm. all, the, but they, sometimes they do if you're an organ like, donor. But I yeah. mean,
2: I thought it happened to everybody. I thought they'd take everything out and then— Just empty you out, and then you thought that they like filled you, up, filled you up with the with liquid like, to, to
1: fill you out. Yeah. I don't think that's what embalming fluid is for. Mm. Embalming fluid goes in through your veins and stuff, and it's meant to preserve you so that you don't stink and rot at your funeral. Okay. But it only slows the process down. You're still doing that at the funeral, but it just slows the process down. And Mm. I don't think it's like if you slosh slosh the casket around, I don't think you hear like... Because it's like water swashing around in their gut. They don't don't take out
2: your brain into that? All that stuff stays in? Yeah,
1: I don't think they do that.
2: I thought they did all that,
1: man. No, I don't think that they do that. I don't think they... I mean, unless they... Take your brain out to study it for CTE or study it for some other kind of thing. But Mm. like, I don't think every, every uh, funeral, they're like drilling your head open and taking your brain out and take your heart out and all that kind of stuff. I think that that's a case to case, a case by case basis. Mm. I think if there's any um, mortuary scientists out there, I I know for a fact (laughs) (laughs) that they don't just fill you up with them. They just take your shit out (laughs) and fill you up. Yeah. Like a water balloon. No, they don't do that. I know that. I'll say that confidently. Yeah. Everything else I just said, I can't say confidently. But I can say confidently to you, Fran, yeah. they don't fill you up like a water balloon with mm. embalming fluid. So, um, yeah, so that was the whole thing about the embalming fluid and them finding the TCE. They did the medical examiners, the original medical examiners that work for the police department, mm. brought up what you said, basically. It was like, he went through all this stuff. He went to, he was embalmed. So that's what the TCE is coming from. And then the independent one was like, well, what about these chemicals? Because these aren't embalming fluid and they were found in his body. So how can you say all of these chemicals are from the embalming fluid and yeah. not how can you differentiate? Was, was was their argument, which is a good argument. What did he say back to that? Nothing? There was no response to that oh. that I that I know yeah, of. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people that found him, were they what they white or black or I don't know the race of them. Hmm. I mean, I think that Claudia and Chip. I'm going to guess that they were white.
2: Did they live in an area? i never met a black chip in my life. Did <laughs> they uh, live in an area? Yes. The, I'm talking about the guy that identified him.
1: The dude. Yeah. They went he, to school together. They were like So friends, he, lived, he lived He lived neighborhood friends. Guy, yeah. yeah. Hmm. I don't know how close to the scene he lived, but he lived in the, he lived in Silver Spring.
2: Was he walking? I was like, was he walking past?
1: Uh, that I don't know. I don't have the details on that kind of stuff, hmm. but they, they saw a kid in the neighborhood. And they canvassed. So they could have that could have been knocking on doors. That yeah. could have been whatever. However, the, the kids riding on bikes, I don't know how they found him. But yeah. they found him, and he was able hmm. to identify Keith. So um, after all this happened, several years later, the sheriff's office received a tip that someone slipped something into Keith's drink at a party and dressed him in the wrong clothes. So this is like a phone call. Several years after the independent investigation was ordered by the family and everything like that. Now more time has passed. Nothing has changed. And apparently the sheriff's department uh, received a random tip that somebody at a party. So now at this point, we're talking about almost like like a decade later mm-hmm. that somebody slipped the drink into Keith's drink, uh, slipped some, slipped the TCE or something, some kind of toxic thing into Keith's drink at a party and then changed his clothes at the party, I guess. I don't know. The family believes that since they were not given the opportunity to do an autopsy prior to the embalming, The least the medical examiner's office can do is change the death certificate from suicide to undetermined, which I think is a fair ask because there was a lot of uh, botched uh, procedures in this, and you can't—that's not conclusive. This is an inconclusive situation, and this is—I still have not even gotten to current day. There's still Mm -hmm. more to get into, but even at this point, with them hiring hiring an independent examiner, finding toxicology, you know, uh, irregularities in his blood and everything. And the way that the the guy, uh, Dallas, the, the EMT, the way he saw the scene, there's nothing to jump from. There's all these inconsistencies. So the least you could do is be like, well, we don't know what happened. The least you could do is change it from definitely suicide to we don't know. It's not for sure what happened to yeah. him. And th- that hasn't happened even. The family and friends close to Keith insist that Keith was not suicidal. They stated that they think Keith might have been murdered because he apparently started running with a rough crowd shortly before his death and had wondered if he got mixed up in drugs. Subsequently, uh, subsequent to Keith's death, Rodney Cadell, who ID'd Keith's body, approached Mary and told her that shortly before Keith's death, bless you, shortly before Keith's death, a carload of suspicious characters had approached him looking for Keith. So this is what Rodney said. He's saying mm-hmm. basically saying like the day before Keith disappeared, I got rolled up on by some dudes in a car. Mm. So Rodney told the dudes in the car that he hadn't seen Keith and they left. He thought this was very strange because it was a mainly black it was mainly black males in the car and Keith mostly had white male friends. Several days after that, Rodney was approached by a high school acquaintance acquaintance of Keith's named Mark Finley. Mark urgently wanted to know where Keith was, but Rodney didn't know. So all of those things sound strange to me, right? But when you take he might have got mixed up with drugs. There was this group of kids looking for him. He mostly hung out with the all-white crowd. Mm-hmm. It For me, I can start to formulate a hazy kind of scenario where maybe he sold his white friends some bad drugs because he started dealing drugs with this group of guys that was looking for him, sold them some bad drugs or, or lied to them about some kind of drug deal or something, and then it's possible that in retaliation, because black people aren't lynching some black kids. You know, so if we're going, if we're going, if we're stepping away from the die by suicide and trying to figure out possible scenarios, when you put in drugs, a new group of friends, maybe they influence him like, you hang out with all these rich white kids, man, fucking trick them, sell them, sell them fucking uh, oregano and shit, that kind of shit, you know, and then you trick these, this group of kids, they get mad and they could have tried to teach Keith a lesson Mm -hmm. and fucking tie a rope around one tree and then around the, this is not shit. I'm not trying to speak for all black people. But black people don't know how to rig some shit I don't like a, b- a bunch of black teenagers yeah just know how to fucking rig a, f- a lynching apparatus yeah but why would they be asking for him though the black the black group of kids that he might owe them money for drugs mm-hmm. it's like all of it's it's a it's a whole bunch of scenarios when you take those three elements. His family thinks he might have got mixed up into a wrong crowd. Rodney says most of most of Keith's friends are white kids so it was very weird that a, a car full of black dudes were looking for him. Mm-hmm. so these might be the new friends and maybe he was supposed to scam his white friends out of some drugs Mm -hmm. at this party where they slipped something in his drink maybe. Maybe that was supposed to go down then, and he was supposed to set them up. They got wind of it or something and turned the tables on him in some kind of way. And now these black kids are looking for him because they're like, man, that was supposed to be our lick. We were supposed to make some money off that, come in through the back door, rob these kids, or sell them some fake drugs or whatever. All of this is speculation. I'm making everything I just set up. But I'm just saying I'm going off of the elements that I'm hearing from reading the story. Yeah. So that's my scenario that I've kind of created in my mind. And it doesn't sound it sounds way more fathomable to me than than this kid wanted to kill himself. And he went and tied a rope around two trees, threw it up over the thing and then kind of like half hung himself, which takes so much more will than like jumping from something, which the, the EMT said wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Like there was nothing for him to jump from and just be and suspended hanging from his neck. He would have had to like choose to hang there until he stopped breathing. So a scenario of some kind of setup or a group of people that were mad at him being involved sounds more plausible to like the rig that was there. That seems like something that you would pull, Yeah, you know, because that's how it's, it's a pulley system that they've, that, that was made. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, that makes more sense to me than just he, he, he killed himself, mm-hmm. but on the books, this is still a suicide. Just to be clear. In 2011, Sherry contacted a toxicologist and pathologist named Dr. Muhammad Ali Al-Bayadi to review the 1994 findings, and he reported the following. So the, the findings that they already had from their independent uh, pathologist, mm. she brought them to somebody else in 2011 mm. to see what, what his thoughts were. Yeah, exactly. Third
2: opinion, I guess. We'll
1: get third opinion. Who, who, maybe. Who, who knows how many people, because the sister's been on this and the mom, have been on this for years mm-hmm. trying to figure out what happened to their son. So who yeah. knows how many people they've gone to and opinions they've gotten. So he went to this guy, uh, Dr. Albayati, in, in 2011 to see what he thought. And what he said was, the concentrations and the pattern of the TCE and DCE distribution in the tissues indicate that Keith received these chemicals at about one to two hours prior to his death via the investigation. I mean, i mean, sorry, via ingestion. So that he's basically saying, he was given these toxins before he died mm-hmm. and a couple of hours before he died. And he took them willingly. They were likely mixed with, al- with an alcoholic drinks. And the actual case of Keith's death is what this guy said. It's what Dr. Albayati said. That Keith died because of these toxins. Okay. And not because he was hanging. Or because he was hung. Poison. Poison. Okay. Not hanging. Got gotcha. you. Empty wine cooler bottles were found in a densely wooded area near the scene of Keith's death, which if he he was at a, somebody randomly called the sheriff's department years later and said, somebody slipped something into Keith's drink at a party. Maybe it was a bonfire. Maybe it was a party out in back of somebody's house in these very same woods where Keith was found. Other kids were drinking. He, they poisoned him or something. Maybe they even were messing around with some shit where, you know, I, I mean, um, Kids experiment, right? Somebody fucking took a joint and dipped it in an embalming fluid, and you know, and found out you can get extra high from that. Like kids do all kinds. Of, people do ketamine. That's cat fucking narcotics or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like people experiment with shit. Maybe somebody, maybe they thought like, hey man, if you put this glue in your drink, it gets you fucked up. So that's and then he died, and they made it look like he because because he had a nervous breakdown. They were like, just go hang him up. Hang him, make it look like he hung himself. Mm. That's another. These are and again, speculating. So you don't think it's like it's not a hate crime or anything? If I find it hard to believe, I mean, I'm trying to try try to say this. So you think
2: the 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 hanging was more of a cover up of murder? It was either
1: a cover up or than a hate crime. Than a hate crime. And let me try to because let me try to. Okay, let me just get my thoughts out right. If if Keith mostly hung out with with white male friends, right? I find it less likely that they always had ill intent for Keith and then were just waiting for the right moment to kill Keith, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I, I find it more likely that, A, they wanted to stage it to look like he committed suicide, if this is what happened, if he didn't just kill himself. This is, But this is us stepping outside of that world and coming up with scenarios based on the things that I said. I think that if if we're not going with suicide, that A, either something bad happened, to some, something like Tamala Horsford. That's the one with the party, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, That's I was going to bring that up. Yeah.
1: So either something like that happened and they were like, well, he did have that nervous breakdown when they took his car. He's been going through some stuff. He's been stressed out. He died here at this house, man. Come on, man. We're all going to college soon because they're all in college, going to college, about to leave. So fucking, just
2: trying to make it make sense.
1: Just, just make it, hey, he, he hung him. He wasn't even at the party. I don't know. He went out and hung himself in yeah. the woods. Let's just try to make it look that way. Or something went bad and they reverted to it maybe inherent racism because they were mad at him. And they were like, oh, you want to you wanna fucking steal from us or try to set us up? So
2: poison man, and hang
1: Poison him, him and hang him. It's, it's not like the hanging is part of the torture. Mm-hmm. So even in the second scenario, maybe they poisoned him. And then hung him again to make it look like he killed himself. Even in the scenario where they're like Keith is in the wrong in some kind of way and he set them up and tried to steal from them, they poisoned him and hung him in the woods. Yeah, or something went wrong at the party. It was all innocent friends, jokey jokey. Maybe he did get him. Maybe maybe this group of friends. He was like, yeah man, I got all these great friends. Give me a sack of weed because we're having a party tonight, we're going to have a great time, I'll get the money from them and I'll pay you guys. Yeah. Maybe it was, and then, so the only person that is in the wrong or that was wronged is the dudes in the car that were looking for him mm-hmm. when really he just went to his friend's house, got them some weed or whatever, had a good time and then overdosed in some kind of way or some, or experimenting with something and something went wrong and then they were like, bro, I'm going to fucking NC State next month. I'm not going to jail for this. So he was um, he was depressed. Let's just make it look like he he hung himself, and then. Do so you don't th- think
2: any race has had anything
1: to do with? I mean, it's, it's I mean, a kid was hanging from a tree. I, yeah. I'm never gonna rule that out, but right. I'm just going off of what I've been reading.
3: Yeah.
1: His 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 main circle of friends was white. Rodney said he he felt it was weird that some black people were looking for him. He's like, black? You, you mean Keith? <laughs> yeah. You looking for Keith? <laughs> yeah. Because he doesn't hang out with black people. <laughs> so, and I'm not saying that that means like, oh, these couldn't have been racist white people. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like. Those are the circles that he ran in. So, you know, it feels weird to 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 think that they just turned on him. You know,
2: just randomly, just
1: randomly, without some kind of uh, catalyst. Yeah, and even in that catalyst, maybe it, maybe it was like maybe it was to teach him a lesson, like, oh, you want to try to rob us? Rob us? Somebody like, changes his clothes though. That's what I'm. It's so many weird things, bro. But I mean again, they change his clothes then it, it maybe they they go, "Oh, if he was seen at the house in these clothes, but then they find him in these clothes, then it it puts him leaving here. He went somewhere else and changed." Again, this But the clothes he had on wasn't his clothes, though, at all. Again, that's from the family saying. Oh, okay. I don't know. I can't I can't say I know everything somebody in my well, I'm family. I'm just I'm just Okay, I'm going off yeah, of, yeah, Again, yeah. I'm, going, I'm going off of family Uh, What the family said when I said that the boots and the different clothes and everything like that, and then the police They said it wasn't his, they said it wasn't his, yes. Mm -hmm. And they said that he doesn't even own a pair of athletic shoes, which again is like, okay, you know your kid better than everybody else, but like, he doesn't own any, no sneakers, he doesn't own any sneakers.
2: Oh, I thought you were saying that he didn't, that's what I thought at first, but I thought you were saying that he didn't own those type of those specific pairs of sneakers. That I don't know, but they said like he he doesn't own sneakers sneakers at all. That's, that's what I'm
1: saying. So maybe they meant like he doesn't own Converses. Yeah. I, I'm only going off of what I was able to read. So mm-hmm. there's some details that I don't have for you. Yeah, man. That's weird, man. It's a weird, it's a weird scenario, man. But um, yeah, and again, again, all the scenarios I've laid out have, are completely speculative. I want I want to make that clear. I'm only speculating. I'm only like just thinking because this has been this is still ruled a suicide. none of these things that I've said have even been like looked into or Flushed out. I'm just going off of the things that I've read, and it's very weird that this group of kids was looking for him. His family saying he might have got mixed up in drugs before he was leaving for school. Uh, he mostly hangs out with white kids. Uh, all these elements. I'm trying to like just formulate something. So, <clears throat> so again, this uh, I'm going go, I'm going back into what uh, Doctor Ali Bayati was saying about when he read the findings from 1994. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he continued on to say that the lack of bleeding and injury in Keith's neck indicate indicates that Keith's body was lifted. And put in a hanging position a few hours after his death, when the muscles of the neck became stiff due to rigor mortis. And again, this is a this is an independent. This is this is you know. So I don't know how much of an expert he is. I don't know. I don't know any of that stuff. I don't know if he's the number one ranked guy. If if his word should be taken as gospel, I don't know that. But he's saying, based on him looking at this information, that Keith was dead before he was hanging from that tree. And that he was, when he was hung, he was very much dead. Hours after he was dead, because there's no b- bruising or blood around his neck from where the rope was. Unfortunately, Mary Cooey passed who's his mom passed away on May 23rd, 2009, without mm. ever knowing what happened to her son. Sherry Warren continues to try to get Keith uh, continues to try to get Keith's case reclassified from suicide. She hopes to have an outside agency come in to investigate. Cleo Warren, who is his dad, does think the police could have done a better job, but agrees with the suicide determination. So, you know, you take from that what you will. But the dad is he's like they messed up in some stuff, but I think I agree with what they determined. So this is the message on Keith Warren's Justice Foundation site. I just wanted to read it because I found it was like beautiful and powerful. Keith Warren was a son, brother, grandson, cousin, and friend. Keith was loved and adored by his family and friends. The untimely death of Keith Warren brought sorrow and sadness of which my mother, Miss Mary Cooey, suffered for 23 years until her untimely death in 2009. The foundation's mission was born out of my family's experiences and my hope to help other families in similar situations. In 1986, my mother, Miss Mary Cooey, did not have the money to hire a legal representative to give her direction on what path to take to bring justice and accountability in the death of her only son, Keith Warren. She spent countless hours over over the years doing her own investigations, seeking assistance, pursuing documents from the police and legal system, attempting to navigate the justice system. I stood by her as a young girl into my womanhood and personally witnessed the pain, frustration, disrespect, untruths and secrecy that surrounded this case. As I grew, I, too, became passionate about the search for justice. I made a commitment to my mother and my brother, Keith, that I will work to ensure no other individual or family would have to walk our scary and horrific, horrific path in their pursuit of justice and accountability. If the foundation can help even one family in this journey, then my brother's death will not have been in vain. Although my mother did not see the fruits of her labor of love for her only son, Keith Warren, her legacy will live on through the Keith Warren Justice Foundation. And my big brother may rest in peace. That was um, directly from Sherry Warren. And that can be found on the website, which is called uh, the Keith Warren Justice site dot com. Um, and yeah, that was my, uh, that was the story of Keith Warren, man. Um, was it a suicide? Was it a lynching? I don't know. But there's a lot of question marks in this case. Mm-hmm. And I think at the very at the very least. It should be it should be um, the cause of death should be changed undetermined. I mean, like this is not a clear cut case of a suicide. Yeah. So for them to be portraying it that way in the documents is a falsehood especially somebody came and randomly dropped off a manila envelope with police photos I mean that wasn't that wasn't of a neighbor yeah like that was somebody in the department who was like they need to see this something's fishy I'm I'm gonna put my job on the line that's how I read it anyway I don't you just can't get crime scene photos in in the 1990s you yeah. can't just go, you can't just go on YouTube like right now on Google or YouTube whatever you can find some crime scene video footage or something but like in the 90s there was no like public forum for you to be able to get private information like that. So this came from somebody in the in the um investigation, yeah. I feel like. So, yeah, rest in peace to Keith rest in peace to Keith Warren, rest in peace to Mary Cluey and um respect and appreciation to Sherry Warren, a woman who feels like her brother's story is not being told correctly. She's out there fighting to make sure that people understand what happened. Again, rest in peace to Keith Warren. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it's Fran's turn to tell you guys some fucked up shit. So stick around.
2: My Firm Murder this week is about Bessie Reese and the wrongful conviction of um, James Joseph Richardson. Okay. On October 25th of 1967, the seven, the seven Richardson children, ranging in age from two to eight, consumed food, poisoning, and, para- and parathean. Mm. Six of the children died that day. Betty, age eight. Elise, age seven. Susie, age six. Doreen, age five. Vanessa, age four. And was, these were back to Yeah, back. they were going after <laughs> it, <dude>. Jesus <laughs> were, Christ. I mean, these. You said six, standard, six, in children,
1: order. six children
2: ranging from two to eight? Yeah. Seven, t- two, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. I think they call those, years. I think
1: apart. they call those Irish twins. That's crazy. Yeah.
2: all years apart as wow. And I don't know if that's like a slur. I don't know if that's like racist oh. t- those Irish <laughs> people, so I don't know. I don't
0: know
2: Uh, yeah, Vanessa who was age four, James Jr. who was age two, the seventh child, Diane who was age three, died the next day. Mm. Bam. All your kids, bro. Sick. You said six.
1: it was six and all six of them
2: died? It was seven. All seven, seven. Died. Oh, Jesus Christ. So Betty and Alice were from Annie's, Annie Richardson's previous marriage while James was the father of the five youngest. Got it. So the night before, Annie Mae Richardson, James's wife, had prepared a lunch of beans, rice, and grits for the children. The meal was placed in a locked refrigerator overnight. In the morning, the Richardsons left to work um, at the Orange Grove which was 16 miles away, a neighbor, Bessie Reese, was delegated to take care of the children while their parents were at work. The oldest four were enrolled in school. They went home to eat lunch. After they returned to school that afternoon, their teachers noticed that they were showing strange symptoms. Mm. And the principal immediately took them to the hospital. One of the teachers went to check on the, on the three children at home and found them to be sick as well.
1: But Bessie's there, right?
2: She was there. And they were also taken to the hospital. Word was sent to the parents and uh, sent to the parents that just one of their tr- children were ill, and that parents were needed to come to the hospital immediately.
1: So just to be clear, four of the kids are at school. Mm-hmm. They get the teachers see that there's something wrong with them. Yeah, Bessie the neighbor is with the other three kids, but they don't get taken to the hospital until the principal or some a teacher from the school comes to check on those three kids. Yeah, so she was there. They were showing signs of being sick, mm-hmm. but they were all still at the house. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yep. Okay. So both left the groves to go to the hospital, unaware that six of their children were already dead by the time they got there. Joseph H. uh, Minne- uh, Minnegon, uh of the Arcata police department was the first officer to arrive at the hospital. Determining that all of, all of the sick children were from the same family. He promptly went to their apartment building to search for, To search for and quarantine any potential poison. He found nothing in the apartment. Indicative of a poison except an insect spray. And did not believe that it could have been the cause of the children's poisoning. So he rushed back to the hospital. Arcadia Police Chief Richard Bernard. And DeSoto County Sheriff Frank Klein. Were among the next law enforcement officers. To examine the apartment. Joseph who was the the police. Who's from the police department. Um. Came back from the hospital for a second examination of the apartment and found them there. Bernard and Klein went into the unlocked apartment and noticed a very strong smell, but but no signs of any poison. Klein believed that the poison might might be a pesticide and went to the shed, but behind the apartment building to search it. He found no poison there either. Reporters started flocking to Arcadia, Arcadia to cover the the breaking news. Richardson and the law enforcement officers were repeatedly questioned, but did not make any preliminary statements. Frank Schaub, a prosecuting attorney in the area, did respond to reporters and gave them accounts of his investigation of the house. The next morning after the death of the last child, Diane, a two-pound sack of Parenthian, was discovered in the shed. Klein, Bernard, and their staffs and Schaub all agreed that the bag of peranthian had not been there the day before. So they, went, they did this investigation multiple times at this apartment in the shed. Mm-hmm. There was no poison there. They went back a couple days later. A bag of poison pops it's up, up in the shed. They, they all agree that the, the bag of poison had not been there the day before. And when the premises had been searched five times, they thought that whoever had placed the, the poison sack was also probably the person who had poisoned the children. Yeah. Conflicting reports on how the, the poison sack was found were given to law enforcement officers. Joseph was was the first officer to arrive and was told by Bessie Reese, the babysitter that Charlie Smith, a black resident of Arcadia, of Arcadia's quarters had discovered the, the bag of poison. Mm. When Joseph asked Bernard who called in the discovery to the police station, he was informed that it was an anonymous mail caller. Mm. The next day, Klein and Schaub's local assistant, John Treadwell, the told reporters that Richardson had discussed insurance policies to the for the children the night before their before their deaths it was determined that the insurance salesman George Purvis talked to Richardson just hours before the children were, po- were poisoned according oh, to oh. authorities yep according to authorities Richardson and Purvis gave conflicting stories on the insurance policies no additional evidence was found for two days the children's funeral was held on Sunday both Richardson and his wife collapsed in sorrow at the service National news, magazines, television, and radio networks covered the funeral. This put Sheriff Klein at the center of nationwide attention. Bernard later told attorney Mark Lane, Klein saw the chance to make a big name for himself. He needed to make an arrest real bad. Th- he was he was rushing it and he was putting it all on like, no, this Richardson did this. Yeah. He did it, we're gonna convict him Got as the as that's the That's the guy, so yeah, we can the close guy. the case. Yeah. So two days after the funeral, Klein charged Richardson with seven counts of murder in the first degree. However, police chief Bernard said there's just no case against that man. Treadwell, charged with prosecuting the case if it came to trial, agreed with Bernard. The murder, the murder warrants were dropped, but both Richardson, Richardson's were formally charged with child neglect. Hayes agreed that Klein and summon Klein and summoned a coroner's inquest to substantiate evidence already on hand. At the press conference the next day, Klein announced that Richardson had five other children who had died under mysterious circumstances in another Florida city, and that his motive for the crime was to, to collect insurance, to collect insurance money on the children, which would total almost fourteen thousand dollars.
1: Come on, man, that's not a lot of money.
2: No. So all six or seven of your it's kids. all seven kids for fourteen thousand dollars? Come on now. Judge Hayes said that both Richardson and his wife had taken lie detector tests, and that the results showed that Richardson had a knowledge of the poisoning. Had, had knowledge of the poisoning, which indicated he was guilty. From a lie detector test? Yeah. Those aren't very reliable. No. And, I mean, and he could have been like, I mean, yeah, it was a bag of poison in the backyard. I mean, yeah. Like, that doesn't mean I, I used it. I didn't it. use it on the kids. <laughs> right. Yeah. That doesn't make me guilty because I right. know it's in the shed. And that shed is apparently even an apartment building. It's so like everybody a, like uses a, that shit. Yeah. It's like a,
1: yeah. It's like a communal shed. Right.
2: So the coroner's jury held a hearing on November 2nd in 1967 in which Judge Hayes said we will meet today to instruct Frank Klein to file murder charges against Richardson. Mm. This statement carried considerable weight in Arcadia, including with the hand-picked jury because of Hayes' prominent standing in the county and, and the fact that he had been a judge in Arcadia for more than 31 years. So John um, S. Robinson, a 30-year-old white lawyer, became concerned over the media coverage of the Arcadia murders. He believed that he believed the case was being handled unfairly as a judge, as the judge consistently claimed that Richardson was guilty. He contacted people who knew Richardson and they told him he had a reputation as a family man and they could not believe he would kill his children. Robinson then called the president of the NAACP in Florida. Joel Atkins and convince him that the NAACP chapter in Arcadia should ask Robinson whether he wanted to be represented by them and should give him a list of potential lawyers. Richardson decided to let the NAACP represent him and he chose Richardson. He's sorry, he chose Robinson as his attorney. So this is the the white lawyer that he chose to represent him. Got it. Robinson went to went to talk to Richardson while he was in while he was being held in the county jail before the trial took place. Richardson was adamant that he had not killed his children because he loved them very much. Richardson said that Sheriff Klein was pushing him around, calling him a nigger and questioning him in a very mean way every day. Klein had, so he was, again, he was like trying to get this man to confess. Yeah. So Klein had told Richardson that he would be let off easy if he confessed to the crime, but he denied that he had ever, that he had ever harmed any of his children through Through Erno Washington, another prisoner, Robinson also discovered that Klein placed an an eavesdropping device in Richardson's cell whenever Robinson was going in there to talk to Richardson. Robinson later found the microphone and removed it, letting Sheriff Klein know that he had found it. So he found it. Fuck you, man. I found your your mic and just, I guess, just throw it out or some shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But this dude was pulling out anything he could do. He was fucking hiring people and shit like that. So, Robinson filed for a right of habeas corpus after examining the available evidence and finding nothing substantial that could in- indicate Robinson, Richardson was guilty. He then contested the high bond that he had that had been set, which started at $100,000. After, after negotiations, the bail was reduced to 7500 7, and Robinson was able to have Richardson released on bail. So, Erno Washington, James Weaver, and James Cunningham, who, all, who had all been cellmates, were with Richardson in Arcadia jail said that Richardson had admitted to them that he killed the children. Three different inmates go, yeah, yeah. man, he told, he told. Like, the fact that they they try to do that technique, that some random dude's going to come in there and talk to these random cellmates and go, man, yeah, I'm in here because I killed my seven children. I'm conflicted because
1: I'm sure I'm 100% of the time the cellmate is offered some kind of deal. Yeah. But there have also been cases where I've heard the testimony of the cellmate and I believe it. Mm. You know what I mean? So I'm conflicted because I know that it's unlikely that this cellmate is just coming forward out of three the of kindness them? of their heart. Oh, three they of just, them. Yeah. They just felt compelled to, you know, tell the truth or whatever, as opposed to they were offered a deal to just say that this happened. Yeah. But I've seen stories and seen courtroom hearings where the testimony of a cellmate is used and I believe the cellmate. But I know that even in the case where I believe it, they got some a reduced sentence, some there's something on the table for them to be on the stand. Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna just be like, Oh, I don't think they should allow that to be done anymore. But I mean, it's kind of a bribe most of the time. Yeah. Even if they come out, they'll go like, We didn't we have offered you nothing, right? It was like, come on, man. We know that's not true. We know that's (laughs) not true. Right.
2: Right. Um, Yeah. So all three of his cellmates, former cellmates came in and said that, hey, um, he admitted to killing all his children. Just bragging about it. Yep. So judge justice revoked the bail, ordered Richardson to be jailed again, and asked for a change in venue to Fort Myers in the next county. Attempts by Robinson to move the trial to a potentially fair county were denied. The trial began on Monday, Monday morning, May 27th of 1968 at the Lee County Courthouse. All of the chosen jurors were white. Despite numerous challenges, Robinson was unable to secure a different different uh, jury. During the trial, the most sensational development was when Klein claimed that there was evidence that at least three of cho- Robinson's children had been killed in another county, and further, three who had become ill but not but had not died. So he has like six other kids, but they died though. So I'm like, did he have? Six other kids, six other kids that that's was, how I took it. That's how that's said. how I took it too. But I three just wasn't, kids that lived, it was and just three it, kids that died. It was weird. So I was like, I was like, what? Because that's not what
1: happened to the six to the seven they kids all died. in this situation. They all they all they all died. Died. Yeah. So, there, so you said he suggested, right? Yeah, like if he was married to another woman before and they had three kids and then they died from poisoning, yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, this guy does this and then takes the insurance. This guy's a monster, yeah, yeah, yeah but right. for you to just be like, listen, I've heard even, I've heard tales that. In another county somewhere, he has six kids and three and of them died. died. Yeah. And like, what are the names? Yeah, true. Well, I don't know that,
2: but yeah. I'm just saying I heard. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 does make more sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I I thought it was like he was saying that his other three kids somewhere else got poisoned and but they just didn't die. So I'm yeah. like, wait, what? But that didn't, it was just, he was just saying that they, they were killed. Just to be sure,
1: I'll just to be clear of what I, what I think you're saying, you thought, you're saying you think that the kids that died, like, they had been poisoned before? Is that what you, you're saying you thought he said? Like no. they I, had been poisoned before, and then they didn't die that time, and then this time they did die. Is no, I'm I mean?
2: saying that after you said that they were killed, I thought that they were saying that his other kids with another woman yeah. were also poisoned, but did not die. Got it. Okay. But That's these what were thought. poisoned and died. Got it. That's what I thought. Okay. Too. That's yeah, what okay, I thought. Too. Got you. Bessie Reese gave evidence that she divided up the meal into seven equal parts once the children came home from school at five minutes at five minutes to 12. Treadwell, who was conducting the examination of Reese, established that she was on parole at the time, but did not ask what charges she was been. She had been convicted on the neighbor. Bess, Bessie Reese was on parole mm-hmm. for crime and nobody even asked. Nobody them. asked. No Watch our seven parole. kids. Nobody. Not even the the family. Not law enforcement. Nobody. Oh, asked. Law, oh okay. It, it was it was who researcher was like, oh, this woman was on parole. Was on parole. Yeah.
1: Um if you say like, yeah, she kills kid. <laughs>
2: <That's>, Treadwell <yeah. laughs> Treadwell who's was yeah, Treadwell who was conducting the examination of Reese established that she was on parole at the time, but did not ask what charge she had been convicted on. Treadwell did not want did not want the jury to find out that she was on parole. They did everything yeah. they could for, for them to go
1: not to, not do to not
2: out. let this come out. <laughs> did not let this come out. It must be like child abuse. Or it has to be. It has to be. It has to be. <laughs> so, uh, so they did everything for um, for them to find out for them not to find out that she was on parole for having murdered her husband. No how, other
3: how
1: how, how, how so, Fran? How did she murder her husband?
2: <laughs> no other questions uh, about her involvement in the preparation of the food were asked. When asked about finding the sack of uh, of the of the um, poison, mm-hmm. Reese became more specific, claiming that Charlie Smith wanted to look for the sack and went straight to the shed pulling a board off the window and discovering the sack implying that charlie smith had prior knowledge of the location of the of the poison even though it wasn't there the day before yep then an unknown woman saw them retrieving the sack and called authorities charlie smith was in the courtroom but was not asked to testify at the time the next the next witness who was um gerald purvis the insurance salesman he claimed that he called the Richardson household on the 24th. It was not determined whether he was invited or was soliciting from door to door. Purvis testified that he talked about family family plans with Mr. Rock, Mr. Richardson, but Richardson could not pay the necessary premiums. And so Purvis decided that he would come back in a week. So Trepwell insisted that Purvis left with the impression that the policy was in place, but Purvis adamantly denied this.
3: Hmm.
1: So he's saying that th- there was not even an insurance there policy wasn't insurance. on the kids. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't because
2: he couldn't. He couldn't afford to, you know, to keep up with the premiums to, to pay the Yeah, yep. But they was like, oh, so it was, you know, there it, was discussions. Was a, but he was like, no, no. He was saying that when he left, he had an insurance policy. But the salesman was like, no, that's that never happened. So the um put what is it, the pathologist? Yeah, the pathologist and the chemist concluded that the children had in fact died from the from the organic phosphate uh, parathion which was found in the stomachs and on the utensils in the Richardson department. I mean, apartment, sorry. Several law enforcement officers, including Bernard Klein and Joseph testified that they had searched the shed and had not seen the bag of poison there on October 25th. Charlie Smith testified about finding the bag of poison in the shed. His story agreed with Reese's and he was quickly excused. The jury then retired, um, retired to consider the evidence Um, And half hour later on May 31st, 1968 returned with a unanimous verdict death um, with premeditation of the hands of James Richardson Mm. and parties and and party or parties unknown. Jurors recommended the death penalty for Mm. Richardson. The judge Hayes had Charlie Smith had Charlie Smith arrested as a material witness and set bond for him at $2,000. No other witnesses were jailed after after the hearing. Chief of Police Bernard still believed that there was no case against Richardson. So this dude Klein, you know, his goal was to get this man convicted. Case closed. And that's what happened. Yeah. So Richardson was sentenced to die by the court and was on death row for nearly five years. Mm. He was saved by the U.S. Supreme Court ruling in 1972 man, that the death <laughs> in the U.S. and the U.S. at the time were unconstitutional. It's crazy how many stories we done did and it was like, a lot of people got God commuted. That, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people got their sentence commuted because of that, man. Yep. So he was, his sentence was commuted to life in prison with eligibility for parole in 1993. Wow, uh, wait.
1: So he went from being on death, on death row to having a, a possible release date? Yeah. That's a big change. That's like, <laughs> that's weird. Like yeah, that makes it me feel weird. like they know that he isn't the guilty person. Possibly
2: isn't. But it was like, we need to get this clo- and we need to get a name attached yeah. to
1: this. Cause that's crazy. Like to go from they, they were gonna kill you. He's gonna kill that. To like man. you might get released in ten years yeah. or whatever.
2: What year was it? When uh, nineteen ninety three. The parole. No, was- 1970, It was nineteen seventy.
1: 1970, 1972. What do you when mean? When they abolished the nineteen seventy two. So in twenty years, I guess that's pretty typical life with the possibility of parole. In 25 or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Never mind. I was saying, I was thinking it was closer to 93 than it was. It was still 20 years away. Yeah. But, but what, even to have any kind of possible yeah, but, release But date. like
2: what you just said that with the, so what if he did get, you know, the death penalty, right? Uh-huh. And for that to go through, it's like, um, they do that and they kill him and then it's like, done. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that's crazy. Yeah. It's kind of like, kind of doing that is kind of like erasing whatever, you know, we just want yeah. to fucking get it get it over get with, the
1: get them out of here. That's Nobody's crazy. gonna come back, and and that's the fucked up thing about when you hear about stories of uh, people that were murdered or that were killed in, uh, by the death penalty, and then you find that they were innocent. Yeah, and it's like, oh wow, so you just erase this person from history, yeah. and then somebody just happened to be digging through some files, and or or a DNA popped up t- thirty years later, and they go, oh, this guy killed that girl. That guy that got killed, that got the death penalty, didn't kill her, yeah. and it's like, oh, oh whoops. Yeah, he's dead though, so.
2: So many clues have been overlooked or hidden that would have pointed to Richardson's innocence. Mark Lane, um, an internationally known trial attorney and author, had visited Richardson on death row. Richardson asked Lane to represent him. Lane began an exhaustive investigation and in 1970 published his findings in the book Arcadia, in which he revealed that the the babysitter Bessie Reese was a convicted murderer, and indicated that Richardson and his wife were innocent. Um, so so at, he just came
1: and gave his expertise on how the things played
2: out. Yeah, yeah. But he wasn't like he didn't like appeal the
1: case and then try to represent right. him. Right. He just like came and looked over the case. Yeah.
2: Got I it. guess just trying to um, get find whatever he can find, yeah. but put, put in the, the word try out there. to get it out there. Yeah. 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 So at the time of the children's murders, Reese was on parole for killing her ex-husband. Using poison. That's what I was...
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yep. That's why they want it so bad for it to not come out. Got Absolutely. it. Got it. <laughs> clears up a lot that of things.
2: That is insane for them
1: to that like... clears up a lot of things. But imagine, clean.
2: But, but imagine being in a, in, in a meeting, you know, and these guys are like, well, we know this lady who babysitted their children. Killed somebody with poison. Possi- possibly, you know, poisoned the kids. But we know for a fact that she was convicted of murder. But poisoning her husband. Yeah. But this we're trying, cannot to, come
1: but out we're trying to arrest the dad. That's crazy. So this cannot come out in court. Crazy.
2: But for them to not even, like, let those details get out is, 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 is crazy. But
1: even, like, to not not only not let the details go out, but to not now make her a suspect. Yeah. It's like we've already created the scenario, yep. and so this is what we're going with as the uh prosecutor. So we, we're not, like, starting from scratch with a new suspect yeah this is the guy we've chosen yep. so we got to make the story fit yep. and this woman being a poisoner <laughs> knowing a how a murder of convicted murderer <laughs> of with poison yeah that doesn't really work well with our story so we're gonna st- that's the, the the audacity is we're gonna still use her yeah just make sure that doesn't come out <laughs> that's arrogant because like how are you that's you being like, oh, I can we can pretty much guarantee that it won't come out. Yeah. We can make sure that the defense doesn't ask this question. We will will withhold will withhold records. We can make sure that the question doesn't come up. That's how confident that we are that we're still gonna use her in the case. That's crazy.
2: But couldn't you say that the the defense got it, yeah, wasn't doing that job of
1: well, you can't do your job if you don't know. I don't know how you don't know. Like, you don't go well, ask the neighborhood. But, like, but, you know but, you know but, Sherry, right? What's her name? Uh, but Bessie Reese. But Bessie, if that's
2: part of your job, though, right?
1: Oh, it, you it to, is. to canvas the area, ask yes. around. Like, what do you know about Bessie Reese? <laughs> oh, nothing. We all, none well, of us know anything. to do research with anybody,
2: Charlie Smith, Smith yeah. whatever his name is. Be- I feel like it wouldn't it's even crazy. take much
1: research to be like, you know, so is she married? Oh, she was married, but her husband died. Oh, how'd her husband die? poison and she did it yeah. you'd be like oh and what she babysitted the kids yeah i'd be like, like if i'm the defense i feel like that's one conversation with one neighbor but maybe she's more secretive than we thought but the uh, the but prosecutors again, know though, the prosecution that's, knew that's part of your job though oh i <laughs> agree with you bro, bro I said, how, uh, does,
2: how do you not how does that not know. come that's up
1: That's crazy that's crazy it's not like a small <laughs> she lived secret next like door. she's a like neighbor bro. it's not like a small secret like she poisoned a cat when she was six <laughs> that's different like you got to go you got to go deep into her right. family to find out that she like used to poison things when she was a kid she has like on record and went to prison for poisoning somebody yeah that's yeah that's that's stay fucked up
2: (laughs) so the prosecution had worked hard very hard to keep to keep this fact from coming up and they couldn't work that hard little little had been little had been done to pursue her involvement with the children's death at all including the fact that she had giving them the food and that she had initially lied saying that she had not gone into the apartment
1: that's two lies, right there. Or that's a lie and a motive and like yeah, but at for, the scene of the crime. but for
2: uh Mary Mary oh, Ann, I think is her name is. Oh, Richardson and his and his wife. For them to go, yeah, we had we had her come over to feed our kids while we at work. Uh-huh. But for her to go, yeah, I never even walked in there. Yeah, that's like a bold When lie. you said you yeah. split the meals up in the seven, yeah. then go I never even walked in an apartment. Uh, yeah, so as 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 of 1998, I'm sorry, as of 1988, Reese suffering from all um, Alzheimer's disease in the nursing home in Arcadia have reportedly confessed to the murders more than a hundred times, but her confession was not was not taken seriously because of her There's condition. There's
0: no such thing as a coincidence.
2: <laughs> so he just
1: thought she just was just just, senile. Talking, just talking crazy.
2: Oh man, she's Bessie's in there confessing again. Yeah, so, I murdered seven nonsense. children and my husband. People are like sure oh, you did, up. Bessie. All right, Bessie,
1: with what beans and greens? And which, yeah. What is it? Be- beans, beans and grits. grits. And- <laughs> like, rice? Right, yeah, man, who eats beans, grits, and rice all at one time, Bessie? Go get some applesauce. Just, just sweep it on. They don't crazy. even care. Just. That's crazy. Yeah, so
2: she died uh, of Alzheimer's in 1992. Also, the last surviving witnesses to Richardson's alleged jail cell confession recanted his testimony to state legislators, saying that he had been offered a lighter sentence in return for his testimony.
1: Come on, bro.
2: Duh. Obviously. Yep. Further the investigation into the children's death had been um, inadequate, These were never these were never pursued, critical questions were never answered, and the inconsistencies were never resolved. Remus Griffin, a man who had been dating the secret now, listen to this. Remus Griffin, a man who had been de- dating the secretary of one of the state attorney, Frank Schaub's deputies, Treadwell, met Lane and his wife at a town meeting called In the Silence, Free James Richardson. And then took one of the three copies of the complete original file on case and gave it to Lane. So some dude that so with all the information. He had the information yeah. and got found his way to get some copies and gave it to that guy Lane that wrote that that wrote that book. Mm. Lane then met with the governor's counsel and turned the entire file over to the governor, asking for a full investigation and a hearing on the Richardson case. The governor, Robert Martinez appointed the state's attorney from the Miami-Dade County, Janet Reno, to be the special prosecutor on the investigation. A number of months thereafter, on October 25, 1989, a hearing was held in Arcadia in the same courthouse where Richardson had been convicted more than 21 years earlier. Lane appeared on behalf of Richardson and Reno appeared on the behalf of the state of Florida. Lane argued and Reno ar- agreed that the, gr- the grievous injustice had been done and the wrongful person had been convicted to the crimes. Of the crimes. Reno cited the withholding of the Brady material from the defense. Six sep- six separate um, exculpatory elements of the evidence. There was ev- there was evidence of a cover-up by Sheriff Frank Klein, State Attorney Frank Schaub, and his deputy. Treadwell, as well as, as the local judge. So they all was just fucking... Just fucked up this whole case. And was trying to put this all on Richardson. After looking at all of the evidence presented by both sides... And noting that the inconsistencies and the injustice that had been done in Arcadia over two decades ago, retired Circuit Judge Clifton Kelly said that Richardson had not had not received a fair trial, and released him to the custody of his attorneys Lane and the local council. Wow. Yep. But so much of his life stolen. Just twenty oh over twenty years. God. After his release, Richardson went to work for a nutritionist. Dick Gregory at a health resort in Fort Walton Beach. Dick Gregory, the comedian and the activist, Dick Gregory? Yep. Oh wow.
1: Yeah. Wait, so how old was he? If Bessie Reese was like had Alzheimer's and shit, he how? got out in the nineties, right? Um, you talking about uh Richardson? Richardson. James Richardson was that his name, right? Yeah. Richardson. He got out and got a job.
2: Uh yeah. Because she died in 90- Nineteen ninety two. And she was like... Yep,
1: She had like Alzheimer's. Yeah. So she must... They must be old, right?
2: Or was yeah, she older she than... She was older. That? She was old lady.
1: When, when, she, was when, she, when she was babysitting the kids? When she was babysitting
2: the kids, yeah, Got it. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay,
1: got it, okay. I thought they were like... I thought they were like friends time, or something. No, no, no. Got this is an lady. She was, just was like an older a, lady, an older lady older who lady, helped yeah, out yeah. this young... Yeah, yeah, yeah. These, This young couple with kids. Right, yeah. Got it, okay.
2: Um, okay, so... At this release, Richardson went to work for uh, nutritionist Dick Gregory at the health resort in, Flo- in Fort uh, Walton Beach... Gregory had previously spoken out for Richardson.
1: Grounds- I never heard nobody anybody describe Dick Gregory as a nutritionist. Like he, <laughs> he's done so many other things. Other than, that's crazy. Yeah.
2: Um, he filed a lawsuit against DeSoto County for his wrongful prosecution, and settled for one hundred fifty thousand on August twenty fifth, two thousand eight. After his legal claims had been rejected based upon the precedent, the president of um, prosecutorial Im- immunity, Richardson filed a claim under Florida's wrongful conviction compensation law which provides a compensation for wrongful imprisonment of 50,000 a year. Now, this shit that came up was like <laughs> met met the um requirements just for his case. So like he was like the only person that would, that could would get, it, get that, that could get 50,000. It. It, it, it was crazy. Wow. Like <laughs> it was wild. So actually it comes up. Um Richardson had meanwhile suffered a series of set, series of setbacks after being released from jail. The job at the health resort ended he suffered from severe heart problems, mm. which he contributed to prison food, poor medical care, and constant stress. He had an open heart surgery in prison. Mm. He and his wife, who have remained loyal to him, who have remained loyal to him for part of the time he was in jail, eventually divorced. Go through all that shit, man, all that shit, and then it's just like you get out, and it's like, what the f- yeah, no apology. Like nothing's really ever getting better. You this money, sick. Is, this
1: money is like going to just sustaining whatever life I have left, even though, like, my life is ruined. So, like, yep. most of this money is just, this
2: is just, like, getting me on my feet enough to just survive. Yep, you know? and then him and his wife, they did the best they could, him being in jail over yeah. 20 years, and after that, yeah. it's just I mean, like, you know.
1: You can't expect somebody to be able to be that strong. Yeah. That's, that's you know, that's, that's that's a lot to ask somebody to be like, hey, can you hold me down for the rest of your life? Yeah, yeah. You know, so, and, and then he's in prison for, like, the death of your kids. Yeah. I'm sure she doesn't. Didn't believe that that was true, but I mean, twenty years—you got to live with that by yourself. Every I mean, come on, that's a yeah. lot, man. And then you get out, you
2: get fifty
1: thousand dollars a year, and they fight you on the one fifty when you sue them for yep. stealing your life. It's like uh, you,
2: you got to settle. Yeah. So the settlement—the settlement by the county went to pay the cost of his local lawyers, while Richardson had been in prison for so long that he became eligible for social security. Wow. In August nineteen ninety five, he had a heart—he had a heart attack at his home. in Jacksonville. He was flown with a longtime friend, media expert, um, Steve Jaff, uh, to Wichita, Wichita, Kansas for emergency treatment by the cardiologist, Dr. Joseph um, Galatia, a friend of a friend of Steve. So Galatia performed an angioplasty and offered Richardson a job as a caretaker on his ranch. As of 2013, he was living in Wichita and he was remarried. Now oh, he's still he's, alive? Or well, he's as of two thousand thirteen. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now he just fucking getting bullshit jobs and yeah. just trying to hang on as best he can. But he he did remarry, and in twenty fourteen, Florida Governor Rick Scott signed into law House Bill two two seven, which provides compensation to a wrongfully incarcerated person who was convicted and sentenced prior to December thirty first of nineteen seventy nine. So specific, and, right? <laughs> and who was? And who is otherwise exempt from the other state provisions for compensation because the case may have been um, reversed by a special prosecutor pro, by a special prosecutor's review rather than being overturned by court? That is, that's the most specific law wow. I've ever seen. Wow. That's
1: like you know when you're watching sports and they're like this is the first time somebody scored twenty six points on a Thursday night in yeah, March yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. since nineteen eighty seven. It's like oh god, that's.
2: This isn't a monument. This is so specific that this isn't even a thing.
1: Like, <laughs> right. You
0: know.
2: So he said the law is so narrowly <laughs> circumscribed that it is likely that Richardson will be the only individual individual eligible for compensation under it. Did they that's at least crazy. call it Richard's Law? Give, him, it give something. him something. Something. Or oh, like they they fought somewhere it was like we got to like do something for this guy so we got to come up with something where it's like only he can get only it and, and he then he they never nobody and else and is nobody coming to try
1: it. to get this shit because that's what they did. She was wild. For man.
2: at least call it Richard. I hope they called it Richard's. Give him something. something. You took his life away from him, man. Yep. That shit was wild. So he was expected to be a, awarded 1.2 million in 2016. He received his first check toward compensation totaling fifty thousand for each year of his wrong, wrongfully, his wrongful imprisonment. And then he died. Uh, there's no other. Oh, okay. Uh, I was, I was, <laughs> there's I no was other information like, on come that. Come on, bro. Uh, but they said there is a 2015 documentary film about Richardson. Um, was produced called "Time Simply Passes" and it tells the story of his life until the vote to grant him conversation. Oh wow! Yeah, so um, that was my affirmative murder of James Joseph Richardson and my affirmative murder of Bessie Reese, who you know, uh, and his seven kids, and his seven kids who killed her, definitely husband,
1: and definitely killed those kids, definitely killed the kids,
2: and she confessed to and him. and barely came up in the story, maybe like a handful of times.
1: <laughs> there's no such thing as a
3: coincidence yep.
2: so that was my story um yeah so I thought it was uh how they set the story it was like you know best to the babysitter but you know we think he met he just happened to meet with uh insurance salesman a, a day and before. I'm sure
1: he talked about life insurance for himself yeah for his wife but that's not what they're
2: gonna have to be. like well did the kids come up
3: yeah, yeah I mean, it's family uh, insurance yeah. you know just, so getting
1: like, quote, just getting quotes on every scenario. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and but you like, asked about the kids. Yeah. <laughs> and so $14,000 to murder your whole family.
2: You yeah. did that. Yeah. Yep. And they did everything they could to hide the Bessie Reese. Um, Buried the, the lead for condition. sure. I mean, that is like, that ends everything.
1: Yeah. If that, if you, I don't know how you don't, I don't know. I don't, Again, I'm not letting attorney, the, the defendant. I don't know how this. you don't find That's that. It doesn't sound like it took much work to find that. It's on her record. It's on her public record.
2: Yeah. Again, it didn't took it didn't take much work for them to hide it either because they it didn't even it come didn't up. come up at yeah, all. Yeah, it didn't come up. They did everything they did to do the trial and spin it their way. So th- whatever question came up wouldn't be like anything of Bessie Reese.
1: It's not the the American criminal justice system is a for profit system. It's not about what you know. It's about what you can prove. And it's about what you can afford to prove. Yeah. So I'm not saying he had a shitty defense.
3: He
2: did.
1: But he did. did, Because I don't know how you don't look. How do you not? They're like, oh, Mary Reese. They put her on the stand. They used her in some kind of way. right? They used her testimony in some kind of way. Yeah. So she's on the books as somebody who can be brought to brought to the stand or whatever and you guys don't like do all your full research on the person to find out if there's some skeletons in their closet and they were the ones watching the kids that's what i'm saying though she babysitting your defense should have been them your defense should have been this wasn't richard this wasn't james richardson yeah this wasn't james richardson this was mary reese that should have been your defense not just like that's just something you try to find that should have been like she was the last person with the kids she's poisoned her husband and killed him. This was her. Yeah. We're going to prove that, at the very least, it wasn't him. And at the very most, it was her. That should have been his defe- their defense. And instead, I don't know what their defense but,
2: was. I, I'm so saying what they were. I don't, I don't what, know what they said. <laughs> what they it just was, wasn't him? <laughs> what they was trying to prove. Like, it just it just, it just, wasn't him. It just wasn't him. Like That's not a strong defense at all. But y'all didn't even question this lady who babysitted them. Like, that's.
1: Last person to see the kids alive. That's what. And the last person to feed them, and they died by poisoning.
2: Yeah, and she uh, admitted to it over hundred times. And as a defense, <laughs> I don't.
1: I mean, at the very least, uh, I mean, I'm sure he. I'm, I'm sure he. W- he wouldn't have done this anyway. But like, he didn't make the food, so you could even go like, the mom made the food. Yeah. So she poisoned them. Like whoever made the food poisoned them, or whoever that. gave them the food. Those are the only two possible culprits of this. Is that? somebody the person that gave them the food yeah. or the person that made the food. And he's well, not either those people. Well,
2: pop, maybe if she did the did the um insurance thing, maybe they probably would have put it on her. But it was just like him, he did the, the insurance thing. Let's let's just let's put yeah, it, it on him. him. Let's put it on him. Wow. But of really she, you know, how long she walked free? She, she did for she, yeah. her minimal time, but um I mean yeah.
1: it sounds like she lived for a long time. I mean, she lived until well, yeah, 1992. Yeah, yeah. She was she, she had dementia and shit yeah you know but that she definitely did that shit man uh rest <laughs> in peace rest in peace to those beautiful kids man uh
2: what we're gonna do is we're gonna go ahead and get into these good vibes yeah so <laughs> i look i just showed Alvin a picture of bessie reese now i i did see this picture she looked like yesterday. yesterday yeah i did see this picture yesterday but i missed somehow i missed the caption because the the only thing that comes up on this picture is her name and, the, and it said that she murdered seven children right uh-huh. but it was something over top of that that i missed but the only thing the only thing you 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 catch is she murdered seven children young kids. yes but it says Bessie reese Bessie reese <laughs> murdered two husbands <laughs> confessed to the murder of seven children
1: yeah <laughs> she confessed hundreds of times and but so she she murdered she two husbands murdered two husbands <laughs> I no wonder, just no wonder they didn't want that out there. <laughs> that, ladies, man. Jesus, man. Well, uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and get into I can't believe it. That's crazy. Let's get into these good
3: vibes. Good,
1: All right, so uh, as we stated before, this is going to be kind of a, a Brief Good Vibes, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, not brief. It'll We'll see. But uh, me and Fran are bo- both incredibly high on this young lady named Ayla Avant-Garde. Um, it's one of the most feel-good stories I've heard in a while. Um, she won the National Spelling Bee. Uh, I don't really know. What is the name of it? Uh, the, the, what is it? The Splits? What is it? Splits? Scripts. The 2021 Scripps National Spelling Bee confetti comes down all these things yeah, yeah. and zaila came out in an interview with cnn and was like oh yeah no that's just some hors d'oeuvres for me i don't even get down with the
2: spelling be like that i just started spelling words like two years ago i yeah. love basketball yeah now you have the, the 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 information in front of you let me tell you what i know as far please. as please so i was on uh instagram I, I don't know if i got it from your posts. i saw it somewhere before you posted okay so it was like spell this word and i go i'm very impressed with Spelling bees, just spelling. Yeah. Because it's, it's like, words are hard. Spell this. And yeah. it's like, okay. Country what's of the, origin. Yeah, what's yeah. the origin? What's the root word? And all this mm. other shit. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> Could you use it in a sentence, please? <laughs> <laughs> and <it was> like, <laughs> n- nouns and all kinds of yeah. like, And she spelled it. And I was like, damn. Yes. And it, I mean, the word looks easy. But it's I tricky. Wouldn't be, I wouldn't yeah, be able to spell yeah, It's tricky. It. So I was like, dope. A couple hours later, I hop back on. She doing basketball drill. I'm like, juggling i was like what the hell
1: bro every and video, then it just started
2: everything just started popping up every i was like oh this girl is amazing for, also
1: another thing that's funny is that i see a lot of people that were virtue signaling because you see this black girl winning and they didn't and like just watch the video because it's amazing but they yeah. were like congratulations maria because they just saw that's that's like her the confetti coming down and it says maria at the bottom of the screen mm-hmm. and that's the word that she spelled yeah just watch the video you don't yeah. you don't have to be like oh i'm gonna share this because everybody else is sharing it and I wanna feel like I'm a part of celebrating black, black girl, yeah. black girl magic or whatever. Just watch the whole, watch the video, bro. Yeah. Her name is Zaila Avant Garde, bro. Mm-hmm. That's the coolest fucking name I've ever, I don't know if they changed her name at the, 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 the Department of Name Changes or if that's their, <coughs> that's their like family name is Avant Garde. Mm-hmm. Like, that's amazing. And then every single, like, I saw, what I saw was I saw the video. Of her winning, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, that's amazing!" Right. And then I heard her talk afterwards, and I was like, "Oh, this kid is so poised." Yeah. And then I saw her. Somebody put up a video of her doing basketball drills. Yeah. And I was like, "Wait, what?" I
2: saw the juggling one first. That's Bro, one I saw, I saw first.
1: Listen, let me tell you. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna go. So that's how you. I'm gonna tell you. You told me yours. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you my pattern, right? So I saw the thing. I was like, "Man, this guy's awesome. That makes me feel good." She won the. She's like the first African American to win the the, the spelling bee. Or whatever. That's yeah. awesome, right? So I see that. I share that. Then I see her. Doing basketball drills. I'm like, wait, she plays basketball? Yeah. Then I see her on a unicycle, dribbling, doing the same juggling, dribbling the balls in front of her on a unicycle. (laughs) So I'm like, wait a minute, wait, what? Wait, what the fuck? Is this the same girl? And it just kept elevating. Then I saw her in game, cooking. Oh my God, friend. She oh friend. Oh my God. She's cooking these kids. She's amazing. Nice, She's yeah. ambidextrous. She took it to the rack with both left-handed layup, right-handed layup, crossing people up. She came over the court, crossed somebody up, and then did an underhand shuffle pass to another like an yeah, nice. eight-year-old girl. So she like missed, she smoked the layup. But like her pass was like Magic Johnson. Yeah. She's like, oh she like underhand scoop past it from half court <laughs> to underneath the rim. Yeah. I was like, this kid's amazing. Then I see her in her, in her uh, room. Talking to the Guinness World Book of World Records people because I just thought she liked to play basketball. Yeah. Then she's like, "Yes, I hold the world record for most dribbles in most juggles of most balls in 17 minutes. Uh, I don't know how many dribbles it is, but it's a lot." So I'm like, "Wait a minute." She's in the Guinness Book of World Records, <laughs> so it just kept amplifying every single time. Then I see her, like I said, I saw her on CNN, and they're like trying to be like do the cute kid story. So they're like, "So like, is there anything that like that you aren't good at?" She's like. Yeah, pretty much anything that I do, I'm good at it. I was like, this kid is like, this kid's a megastar. Our brain is on it. Oh, this kid's a megastar. So, like, what do you want to do? She's like, I think I might want to do something with, like, um, curing diseases or maybe go to work for NASA. I'm like, wait, what the fuck is this kid? (laughs) Is this kid from a lab? Like, everything this kid touches is amazing. I'm such a fan. I I want nothing from the best for them. Then I wake up the day, I find out LSU was like, hey, man, shout out to Zaila Avant-Garde. The scholarship is here whenever you want it. Yeah. But she's gonna have to come out and flex on them because she's like, well, I want to go to Harvard. About to say, so, some way uh, better so, than LSU. so thanks LSU, but I'm gonna go to Harvard. Yeah. Like, so, so she's got incredible options. They shot their shot though. They shot their shot. They yeah. want to be a part of the moment. Yeah. I get it. But that's still beautiful. Like the scholarships on the table, yep. like a full ride scholarship. But then also, I forgot to mention, I saw another video of her uh, running drills in an empty basketball court. Mm. She comes and she's doing all these things around these dumpsters or whatever. From the three-point line she threw the ball at the pole of the stanchion that holds the hoop up mm-hmm. and it's not a stanchion like at an nba game with a foam pad it's just a metal pole yeah so she threw the ball from 30 feet away from the pole to the pole hit the pole and the ball came back to her which tells me it was intentional <laughs> yeah. like she only had a <laughs> six inch margin of error to where the ball just is going into the field and yeah, going away yeah. she threw the ball at a pole the ball hit the pole, the ball, the ball came back to her. It was the most this has been the most <laughs> incredible story of ever. It's they need to make a Disney Channel movie about her. I, I mean, they, Disney Plus needs to get the rights to Zaila Avant Garde. This is the she is the moment. Yeah. Zaila she was at the Espies and she's like mad composed. Oh, it's really cool. I really am enjoying things. I didn't, you know, I didn't even. There's people that have been spelling for decades and to win it in two years. That's really cool. Great. But she's not phased by it, you know. I just think that. It's so it's such a testament to not only like what kids are capable of, mm-hmm. but like it takes a village to have a Zayla avant-garde This isn't I mean like all all credit to her parents, yeah. but this is the school system, uh, grandparents, people like everybody had to con- the the basketball coaches like everybody wanted the best for this girl, yeah, and they're helping create that for her. Wherever she goes, you know, because you could be a smart, you could be a Excel and be a a, a, a above average intelligent kid, but mm. you might go to a shitty school. Yeah. So they don't put you in a position to learn yeah. or be a part of the chess team or the spelling bee or what things that can challenge you. Yeah. Zay- that's not the case for this girl, and now she's got this national spotlight. So the world is her oyster, as far as I'm concerned. Whatever she wants to do, there's gonna be a there's gonna be a fleet of people. That will w- try to put her in a position to make those things happen. Yeah. Now, at this point, is that probably slightly for profit? Yeah, because she's the moment. She's people want to talk. So, of course, LSU is going to reach out to her and tell her that they have a scholarship. Of course, NASA is going to be like, "Come take a tour of our facility. We'll give you a NASA jacket and yeah. we'll take a picture of you with us." And that'll end up going viral. And then NASA gets popular. Yeah. So at this point, and that's not a. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I just know that I just know the game. So that's the game right now. But. Hey, Zaila, t- take all the advantages that come. Yeah. If Ellen calls you, go on Ellen. I know it's almost over, but it ain't over yet. It's it's. I think she's like last. To, this is the last twenty or something like. I don't know, but I don't really. Sure. But she's going out with like a big bang or whatever. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. But like, go on there, get your fucking check for ten grand and a bunch of like Roblox or whatever. Fucking to go, to- Ellen. Yeah. She get ten grand. You know what I'm saying she. Oh. You know she comes out with like a big check and. They're gonna give her something uh, if she goes on whatever talk show. But do you get paid
2: to go on that show? Though? I
1: don't. You don't get paid to go on talk shows. At least celebrities don't. But what people, kids, go on, on those things and they give them money sometimes. Like so Shutter, got, Shutterfly so what if we got wants to get. On there,
2: you think we should go on What if what? If we got invited on Ellen show, you think
1: we should? What go are, on are you stupid? Yeah, we should go. Who gives a shit about money? I, me? Don't. I'm like, I'm not going. Cut the check. Six million people watching you on check I'm not coming free. Well then I'll go. Well I'll go. I don't. You, <laughs> you sound can, like you,
2: a, can, you, you can wear a shirt with me sound, on. You sound like a nut. No, you can wear a shirt with me on. No, no, no I'm not coming. No, Cut no, the no, check, no, 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 or I'm no, not coming. No, no, no. People go. On. You don't deserve to have me on your show free. It this, ain't happening. This
1: podcast has done a lot to you, man. That's a crazy statement, but no, but but people don't get paid like celebrities don't get paid mm-hmm. because you go on there and six million people hear that you have a movie coming out. Oh, yeah. So the publicity is what it is, but. When little kids go on there mm-hmm. She gives them shit Here's a lifetime supply of toys Like that's that's what I mean So they're gonna give her something yeah. So go on Ellen Go on Jimmy Kimmel Whatever Get the bags If everybody wants to be a part of the Zayla Avant-garde moment Let them But don't shortchange yourself Take whatever they're offering Free yeah. cars And fucking free trips to this And you can go to school. You can go, go, get a free scholarship to a magnet middle school or whatever. This kid's like nine or yeah. something, man. So you know, take advantage of whatever you can get. Yeah. When, and, I,
2: when is I, when is affirmative
1: murder, murder moment moment is coming? When we, I don't know, man. We didn't win a spelling bee, man. Oh, it's like the so same. You gotta this, this, this is, this is, yeah, we got to do something. We got some kind of moment or something, man. It's the same Let's, thing with like, the Emmy. You're like, can I can want go. an Emmy. Yeah, well, you can't just get an I when you an can't Emmy, get
2: though. go viral. We're not doing nothing fire. we got to do something. Well, let's go man. back to the question you asked me in the beginning, man. I, I would love to have an yeah, Emmy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not gonna gonna putting go to go audition way. for a movie. Or it something. ain't <laughs>
1: happening.
2: But if somebody go, hey, man, we just have an extra <laughs> one. We just happen to have an Emmy. You, you want to engrave your name on this?
1: Absolutely. And- <laughs> what are you going to tell people when they come to your house and they're like, whoa, an Emmy, man? Yeah. What were you on? I was not that yeah, They just, they was giving them out. Yeah. That's real Emmy, though. That's a, like legit Emmy. That's yeah. not from like a trophy like, store. It was the
2: last one. They had an extra one and they picked me to give it and I took it. <laughs> and my name on everything. Well, uh, it's absolutely possible. To what? To get it. Just a, get it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you could just get an Emmy, mate. I, I know it's possible you to get, get one. Free? Yeah, I mean, you can buy, you you can can buy go to a trophy one? store and be like, hey, man, I want you to make me a trophy that looks like an Emmy. I want a real one, though has to wait to it and everything just in the scenario where you just like happen to be at the emmys and they're like hey man this is the last one in the box and nobody won it yeah you, nobody won it tonight do you want us to put your name on there yeah i guess that's possible yeah, I,
2: I will anything's possible carry that thing with me i get a put chain made one. and just that's crazy like play Blave, he got the he got the clock but i'll have uh, the emmy. emmy on it and then everybody's like man <laughs> you're really proud of that emmy what'd you win it for i didn't they just, just gave it to just me. just being real just being
1: <laughs> just being the... Just be like, There's no such thing as a coincidence. You're not just being this real for just for nothing, man. I'm trying to get awards for. I'm trying to egot for being the realist out there. Uh, no, but listen, man. Shout out to Avant-Garde This story made me so proud of this yeah. kid. I don't even know her, but like it just kept escalating. It was like she was like it was like a her legend grew in front of my eyes. She went from winning, winning the spelling bee to riding a unicycle while dribbling to being a Guinness Book of World Record holder to dribbling in her room 18 basketballs yeah. it was ridiculous how, <laughs> when i saw her on the unicycle dribbling the balls i was like bro this might she might be the next president of the united states like legit like you know you you, you make little jokes you see a kid being smart you're like that kid is in, in, amazing yeah this girl is legitimately awe-inspiring yeah. like everything i've seen of her i'm like man I'm in my mind i'm like making jokes but i'm like man this might be the first Person to ever win uh, WNBA finals MVP And the presidency In yeah. the same year Like just just On some crazy shit Like I won the it's presidency possible. And and I'm uh, Four time Back to back Champions possible. In For the- her it's possible For sure
2: Zayla Avant-garde But Could she beat me one on one Absolutely not I nope. don't know bro I don't know I don't know if you can just <laughs> say that confidently bro I am
1: I Your ambidextrous g- game Isn't Isn't that sharp need to be Hers is
2: crazy she would take you left and right Sure Um, She's amazing though Shout out to her man
1: Shout out to her Major shout out to her That's incredible I hope she gets everything That she wants in life man That that story But again
2: You know We don't know like
1: Look bro That's her on a unicycle Dribbling the basketballs
2: Multiple Yeah, But I'm saying We we see this But we don't see the part The part that's behind the scenes Oh the work All the hard work Oh yeah And studying You don't just I
1: don't give a shit I don't give a shit How much free time you have you don't just you don't just casually dribble eight ball- basketballs. She's keeping them in one area, yeah. feet planted, and they're going around crazy. her like they're in orbit, like she's the sun. That's crazy. That's not just like all let right. me just do this. That takes grind, determination, and she put in a lot of work to get those skills. Yeah. And it shows not only. And then but also trip me out not to, to stay on her. I stay on this shit all day, but she that she doesn't she loves basketball, mm-hmm. but she loves basketball juggling. Yeah, she's like I like basketball, playing basketball, but I'm really into basketball juggling, like so. And then when I saw so when t- I saw her say that, and then I saw her actually, so I si- I saw her on a tri- on a tricycle. So I was like, oh, she's like a globe trotter. That's what I thought. I was like, oh, she's like a globe. She like does tricks with the ball. Mm-hmm. Then I saw her doing some practice jump shots. I was like, okay, she can ball. Then I saw her in game.
3: Yeah,
1: <laughs> and I was like, wait, wait. So she can do all this shit with the dribble and the ball and she cooks. Yeah. Oh, I was like, oh, this is crazy. She's looking like Kyrie Irving out there. Yeah. Oh, it was crazy. Uh, she's ridiculous, man. She's absolutely ridiculous. And I'm waiting for the next time. She's like, I also like to fly I hot dunk, air balloons. Like, yeah, this is Like, let's... It's crazy. like <laughs> The legend, I'm waiting for the next thing. Like, I'm yeah. just waiting for the next thing. This kid has blown me away. And I wish them nothing but prosperity in life. Shout out to Zayla Avant Garde, man. That is our Good Vibe story shared. We both just had so much positive shit to say about this kid. It was amazing, man. Uh, Before we get out of here, you got any recommendations? Anything you've been checking out Um, that you love? Like shows?
2: Shows, um, music, whatever you got. I've been watching. I forgot how funny my wife and kids are. Oh, man. (sighs) Laughter. That's one of the best. That's one of the best. Oh, let me say this. Uh,
1: (laughs) Listen, I know that we all, you know, we all love The Cosby Show.
2: Yeah.
1: Iconic show, whatever. I recommend that people watch my wife and kids. If yeah. you haven't watched My Wife and Kids, it is it is the it is the new not new because it's like I mean it's, it's oh, fuck oh, God we're so old or we're not old I don't mean it. there's people that listen to this that are like fifty so I don't yeah, mean yeah. but like it's crazy to to think like that sh- I'm like that show's like the new built the new Cosby show but like that show's like almost twenty years old like My Wife and Kids started coming out in, like two thousand three oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember watching My Wife and Kids when I was a kid yeah so it's not a new show yeah but it is. It is like it is. It is similar to the Cosby Show in a lot of ways, yeah. and it's h- hilarious. Funny, it's it's such a good show. And I'm like, you know, hey, you know, if you feel icky watching Bill Cosby or feel like you're contributing to his pockets by streaming Cosby Show, watch my wife and kids, man. Yeah, great show, hilarious. great cast. It's on Hulu, hilarious. yeah, it's on Hulu Junior, fucking uh, what's the little kid? Simon, uh, little kid that comes in, he's like,
2: anywho, yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> he, that's from my wife.
1: Yeah, oh, that's, that's so, uh
2: Franklin. That's my wife. And yeah, kids. it is. Yeah, I'm in the. I'm watching. I the, watch beginning. From the beginning. Yeah, he comes in yeah, later yeah, on when yeah, yeah. he starts when dating another little girl. Yeah yeah yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been so long. I haven't seen those. Uh, I'm back at the beginning. Now. I love yeah. my wife and kids. That's one of my favorite <laughs> like sitcoms. It's I just so can't great. get over how I was stuff like for all of them to be funny, like all funny, the Wayans.
1: It's crazy. and there's like 30. Way- there's it's Wayans like, that you don't know <laughs> that are also like doing comedy and stuff, and they're yeah. just funny. Yeah, and it's funny like you you can tell them like Shantae
2: Wayans. Yeah, it's all... No, I
1: don't know who that is. But it's, like, all kind of, like... This is Mark Wayans. And yeah. he looks like all, they all look um, alike and they're like hilarious. Yeah. They're all just like funny. and shit. Yeah. yeah, they're all just hilarious it's people. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> they're, they're, but also, one of America's most underrated family dynasties. Yeah. That family yeah. does not get the respect that they deserve. Nope. The Wayans have pioneered comedy for generations. Sean and Marlon Wayans wrote Scary Movie and Scary Movie 2. Yep. They don't get any of the credit. That whole That's situation, crazy. if you want to look that up, they got fucked out of that whole, that whole franchise. That's why it went downhill after that. Because mm. Harvey Weinstein, the disgusting rapist uh, producer, also was a scumbag Hollywood executive and fucked them out of the rights to uh, Scary Movie and Scary Real Movie 2 uh, well, out of the franchise. Like they made the first two, they were hilarious, and they basically muscled them out of the franchise, and then they made Scary Movie 3, which was trash, yeah. Scary Movie 4, which was trash, yeah. Scary Movie 5. I don't even 5, remember, yeah, after 2, that was after it. 2, is, it's, it's not important anymore. But yeah, they fucked them out of that. That's and that's hundreds of millions of dollars. That franchise wasn't hilarious. The first two scary movies are legit. Yeah. two of like my favorite movies. Yeah. They're so funny and stupid. And yeah, so they got fucked out of that. But they're like a dynasty, bro. Yes. Damon Wayans Jr. is hilarious. Yeah. there's a show called Happy Endings that was it got canceled too soon. If I had to, if I could bring a show back, it would probably be Happy Endings. Like if I had, like, if I could snap it. a finger, it was like. It was like to me, happy endings is like what everybody tells me friends is. Mm. Happy endings is this like this the diverse group of friends. It's not a sitcom because so there's no laugh track, but it's just hilarious. Like it's the,
2: what's name it's, it's what's it's Damon son, right? Wayans Jr., yeah, yeah, yeah. Casey
1: Wilson. A great cast. Everybody's funny in it. Yeah, yeah. And it's like it's like eight friends and then two of the friends got divorced or were supposed to get married and then they broke up. And yeah. then it's like the whole friend group is trying to navigate still being friends with a whole friend oh, group, gotcha. even though these two are like in a rough space or whatever yeah.
2: It's hilarious The show's hilarious yeah. I watched that And I, I watched I was I, I was going back I watched I watched How Hot the other day So my wife
1: and kids And How Hot Me I've been on a Disney Plus Kick very much lately <laughs> I've been watching this show On Disney Plus Called Fear Thy Neighbor hmm. So if you have Disney Plus I don't know if it's on Again I feel like Disney Plus is just a hub So I don't know where I don't know if these shows Come on other channels gotcha. Or if they're Disney Plus exclusives mm-hmm. Or uh, Discovery Plus I keep saying Disney Plus Oh, it's, it's, Discovery Plus My yeah, bad yeah. Discovery Plus exclusives and it's called fear thy neighbor and basically it's like you know you moved they moved into this nice house and they thought everything was normal until it wasn't it's that it's that it's that it's that meme epitomized it's Mm -hmm. like oh yeah everything seemed cool the neighbors seemed nice but then one day they just started acting weird and it progresses and progresses and then eventually one of the neighbors gets killed and it's like each each episode is a different story Mm -hmm. of like a neighborhood and uh neighbors going bad Dang. Start off with some little tension. Hey, man, you can't park on my side of the driveway. Hey, uh, can you cut your petunias? And then it's like, and then they murdered them. Damn. Because it just like the the, the tension kept yeah. building. So Fear That Neighbor. And of course, I've been still watching Signs of a Psychopath. I finished it off. I'm really on the Discovery Plus kick. I hear you. Yeah. yeah. But uh, that's enough of that. Uh, yeah. What we're going to do is we're going to get up out of here, folks. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Frantel Evans. And we'll see you guys next week. Deuces.